Hey there, I'm Marco Sparks. And I am James Taylor, a.k.a. Benjamin Light. A.k.a. And this is a.k.a. Bros Watch PLL 2. We're watching a.k.a. Pretty Little Liars. Obviously an alias. Not the real thing. Um, PLL Original Sin S1E9. Marco, how you been? We took a week off. I felt great with that week off. You know, we felt great. We took a week off. We were really busy. We had some shit going on. I had to put the book to bed. Just lots of little last minute shit we had to do, and it's like we're just gonna we're gonna take a week, and it felt great. This show I was punished like, us. I was actually looking forward to podcasting again. I'm like, I'm like, good vibes only. I'm feeling it. Like, let's do this. Let's let's just go out on a high note. Let's you know just find some things to enjoy about it, and just you know positive vibes. And then James, I watched the episode. Slut. I watched the episode earlier today, and I just just like five minutes in, I'm like so angry already. I'm just like, ah. So I, I really I had to stop about a half hour in. I just like stopped the episode, went and did something else for a while. I could not watch it all in one sitting. So it turned out that I ended up watching the bulk of this on Friday night. Mm-hmm. Thank you to everyone who who metaphorically held my hand because mm-hmm. I thought I was fucking losing it watching this. I was I was I was literally convinced for 20 minutes that there was some prank worst version of the show that hbo max was like oh we know you fuck you guy like we found your your subscription we're just going to give you the dog shit version because i was like surely the show can't be this bad this comically bad i just it makes me angry i'm sure i'll rant more about it as we go um but yeah it's it's really kind of insulting that this got renewed how does uh... This is the the ninth episode. This is the second last episode. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine how fucking bad the next one is. <sighs> I'm gonna end up in the hospital. Uh, you watching. know what? I did not even look up to see who wrote and directed this. Hold on. I don't give a shit. Uh, they don't. Okay. They don't want to oh. be named. They don't want to be named. Wow. <laughs> Get, guess who the writers are for this episode? The creators. Yes. Yeah. yeah, this is like one of the big episodes, quote unquote. The writing, this is like like the structure of this, the way they tell the story is so bad. You would you would never in a million years like get this past like the gatekeepers unless you were one yourself, basically. I mean, okay, so this show is bad. We we've done we've done eight episodes so far about that. Mm-hmm. This episode is demonstrably worse. Demonstrably worse. It's so it's so hackish. And like just sloppy and it, like the way they introduce new plot threads suddenly and then like wrap them up. It just it feels like somebody like rushing like it's like, oh, it's due the next morning. And I'm like up all night trying to like throw together some bullshit that I have to turn in for an assignment. Like it's so bad. Uh. If 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 Riverdale was like a fucking hand grenade of bad TV, this is like a fucking mega like a like a Hiroshima sized mm-hmm. bomb. I just. The only thing missing is for Imogen to be so worried about her mom that a comet almost strikes whatever the hell the name of the town is. Yeah, so written by the, the showrunners, directed by Roxanne Benjamin, who I didn't look up, but I'm sure has a long history of doing Riverdale. Chaos and Riverdale, yeah. yeah. It annoys me that they specifically made Chilling Adventures of Sabrina like the acronym for chaos, even though it doesn't really make sense. It should be the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, but the chaos Mm -hmm. anyway before we get into this shit sandwich we have some happier news 
when you're listening to this, when this is reaching your earballs, uh, we're live. Our book is out. Trouble Takes a Holiday. Book three of the Trouble Girl Detective Mystery Series is available on ebook. You can get it on Kindle. You can get it on Apple Books. It should be available through like, I don't know, what are the other ones like Nook and Kobu and whatnot. Um, Kobu. <laughs> you can you can order it from Amazon, uh, paperbacks or hardcovers. You can also get paperbacks through other sellers. Um, because of printing costs, the other seller, I think, has to be like a dollar more, which is kind of annoying. Um, Sorry. Because, yeah, I, I wish it weren't the case, but I think it was like literally like we're making no money in it at all. But like we had to like raise the price in order for them to be able to print it or else like we'd have been paying every time somebody ordered one. Um, you know what? We should do something next week. Something? Last episode. Contest. Sure. Something. Yeah. Sorry. We should that talk about something off the air. Yeah. Sorry. No, people don't care. They, it's inside baseball, man. And and And... On a lighter note, I don't want to be this guy, but folks, you fucking owe us. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah. but do something. Show I don't know, send us show us a, a receipt, copy of the book. You know, get this book in your libraries too. Yeah, go to your I library want, and I make want... them buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's cool with us. But yeah, through through Amazon, the the prices are it's uh basically fifteen bucks for a paperback, twenty-five bucks for hardcover. Through like other sellers, like in theory, you could go to like Border Barnes and Noble, not Border Sales Consistent anymore. You go to you Barnes go to and Nobles and uh, and have them order it, but it would be it's a dollar more if you do it that way rather than go through Amazon, which is annoying. Mm. But you know, inflation's mm. a bitch, man. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't want to read it, and you just want to support us by the by the ebook version. We get more money off that. We make almost nothing off the printed versions, but. I love the printed versions. I put so much fucking effort to those printed versions uh, for a little surprise. I guess. Can we talk about it now? Cause it'll, it'll be known. Can I just say, I think it's, what was the page number? If I remember correctly, my favorite page of the book, I believe is page 172, but the second time. Yeah. You can nice. talk about it. Yeah, sure. Okay. So um, obviously this is available to buy, so it won't be a secret anymore. Um, so we didn't write one book. We wrote two books. Um, you know, that's our that's our little secret we've been hiding. It's kind of like a double album. Twinser, so, the book. Yeah, it's it's not separate books. It's one, it's kind of one volume, but it's kind of two books where if you're reading it on paperback or hardcover, you read it and the halfway in, the first book ends, and then you flip the book upside down and you got another book on the other side, and you read that uh the rest of the way. So uh two books, they're basically two parts of the same book. There's part one, Danger in Old Bavaria. If you know, you know. Part two, Trouble in Paradise. So that's why this thing is huge. That's why this thing took for fucking ever to finish. It's a continuity nightmare. Um, but also, it's a fucking pandemic. Get off our backs. Yeah, it's is this is this is our magnum opus, man. This yeah. this better be the biggest one. I don't want to write another one this long. So um, two, you know, two, two for the price of one, man. Two books for the price of one. That's very expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the next one will be very interesting and different and cool. Yeah, different but this way. one. It's like a double album, you know, it's like uh, melancholy and the infinite sadness or whatnot. Yes, exactly. All right. I think we've vamped enough about the book, um, but available today. Go out, have fun. Leave us reviews. I love getting reviews. Yeah, it helps us. Mm-hmm. It all helps us. There's so many things you can do that don't cost any money that we'd really appreciate, like reviews and the places and whatever. Honestly, and- like. If if you told me you will make zero dollars off this, but like a million people will read it, I would be like, fuck yeah. You know, like yeah. I just I want people to read it and enjoy it. That's that's what I am really looking for. Yeah, we want to show in your brains. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's transition from that happy discussion to 
Dead and Buried, Pretty Little Liars original Are you sin, sure S1, you don't want to just talk E9. about the book for another hour? I mean, I would love to, but I feel like people would be like, come on, guys. Uh, so, together. tighten up. December 11th, Sunday, the A is in red. I forgot to look up. Is this, I, this should take that. place in 2022? Is that like It officially? does take place in 22, but the Halloween date was already wrong. So, I'm going to okay. look up. Sunday the is the 11th. So okay. Is it? Yeah. You already looked that up? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's been a few weeks since the last episode. It's been like two and a half weeks. It was like Thanksgiving, right? So, All right. you know, ish two weeks and depending on what days Thanksgiving falls on, which we so can look up, but I won't. We're, we're looking at Imogen. The centers are at someone's house. I couldn't track. Is this Tabby's house? It's I gotta be. I think so. I mean, it's, we, we get a shot outside and it's like, it's like Christmas lights up and whatnot. Yeah. This, this whole scene that's about to unfold here is like the show writers are like, it's it's like a weird recap as though like we're coming back for a new season or something. Yeah. And they're just explaining the plot of the show to us. Like the it's like all the the sinners are here with the moms and they're telling the moms all about A and everything that went down. Just like recapping the whole show for us, but like in a weird defensive way where the moms will be like, "But why didn't you do this? But why didn't you do that?" And they're like, "Here's my half-ass excuse for why the, you know the show's written the way it is." It's bad. When I when I first saw the the images online of this thing, I assumed it was the the sinners finally like sitting their fucking moms down and being like, "Fucking come clean of us already." Which well, in theory, do. at the start of this episode, like the show's over in a way. You know, it's like, oh, the the a mystery has been wrapped up. If only, and now we're we're just telling our moms about what what's going on, and the only mystery left is like, who's the secret rapist? Right. Also, Corey's out of that wheelchair. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, wasn't wasn't she supposed to be in it for like six weeks? I mean, she had like a whole boot like on her foot, you know. Like those, usually you break your leg. That's like six weeks, no matter what, you know. Like you're gonna be wearing a cast for a while, but no, she's totally cool now. Two and a half, two and a half mm-hmm. weeks, three weeks tops. Like I, I have so many questions about what is the actual status of the relationship of Corey and Zeke. I mean, I think they're just divorced or maybe just separated. I, feel like I don't know. My boy Zeke has got to be like, it was an honor having you, you know, back under Fahrenheit's house. I was glad to be there for you when you were like kind of in a bad way health wise. Now you need to the fuck out of my house. Well, yeah, like, like, is Zeke allowed to go get it wet or, you know, like what's what's exactly going on there? Are they divorced? Is this just like a weird is Corey paying kind of I mean, no, he's got a fucking job, man. He's a working man. He works on his own. Does that job pay? There's a also, thing, is, is there's she, a the, thing with the, Zeke later on this episode that made me so annoyed and angry. Does does Corey still have a job? I presumably she's like a lawyer or something. But I mean, the fuck is she still doing in this town? She lives in Pittsburgh. Zoom called in or something. Can I just talk about Zeke and Corey all the time? Yeah. So anyway, we get the first line, which is Tabby saying, "So yeah, that about covers it." Imogen's going into Crazy Joe. I feel like we've spent Karen is pushed. Tyler is murdered. Yeah, Crazy Joe is train car guy, and he was a and he was the one who's sending you all those gifts. And then this is just really just Tabby saying it's a classic Agatha revenge, Agatha Christie revenge plot. It's like no, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Fucking not. Like I'm sorry, you can't put yourself in the same sentence as Agatha Christie writers. No, you did not earn it. Well, but Tabby. Much like the people who write the show doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. Yeah, uh, she says that she was in love with Angela in high school, or uh, um, LED does. 
Elodie, yeah, sorry, sorry. Was in love with Angela in the high school? Was, was punishing? Uh, oh no, sorry, Joe. They're talking about Joe. Was mm-hmm. in love with, uh, with Angela in high school, punishing without guilty. The sins of the mothers are visited upon the daughters. This is so, yeah. They've got them saying these lines as they're like, that's why it's called original sin, right, guys? Like it's about generational trauma. Get it? Like, aren't we creative? I would have like uh, understood if they also a renewal is a renewal. Okay, it's it's not a done deal. Shit happens. But if, like, if they took it back, I would be like, I mean, look, I don't want anyone to lose their jobs and except for the writers. Um, but it would be fucking hilarious if they were like actually changed their fucking mind. It's Batgirls for you. I I honestly thought they were oh, I would love that. I would love that. Like like they're doing the fucking animation department. Mm-hmm. I would love it though if it was something where it's like, yeah, we renewed for season two, but uh Roberto says he's so busy that he needs to Anthology take a step series. back. Yeah, yeah. Well, he needs to take a step back. So, so this other person who's not associated with his stable mm-hmm. is going to take over showrunning duties and fucking clean house. Yeah. So Sharon Leal's like, why did you guys say nothing? Um, Plutterface told them the the to be quiet, and they were afraid to, to do so. What he would do after they found Crazy Joe's body, they placed an anonymous call to the police. They assumed they found the body, and assumed the police assumed it was a suicide. So they figured Crazy Joe killed himself because Imogen discovered that where he was living, and all he had to do was like well, he had to set up what to do what he wanted. Anyway, but so this, basically they're like, go. all right. So the plot line is over. Now we need you to tell us what was really going on with this Angela chick the whole time. Yeah. And Sharon Leal is like, well, we were bullies in high school, horrible mean girl were bullies. And Elodie's like, Angela and I were in a relationship. But I denied it and said she's obsessed with me. And then Corey is like, I talked to Angela to get into getting a tattoo once, even though I knew she'd get in trouble for it with her holy roller mom. It's like, it's weird how you didn't tell us that at the time and you're only now telling us like why it was supposedly a big deal that she got a tattoo you know what i mean it's like it's like they're they've realized eight episodes in that they've completely fucked up telling their story and yeah. so they're like they're trying to do all these little fixes be like oh don't worry we explained well, it we explained it we said her mom's religious that's why the tattoo is a big deal so we see what is most likely the mom talking to adult Davy in Imogen's flashback mm-hmm. at the soup kitchen. But like, yeah, they should have done one of their fucking dumbass teen mom flashbacks where one of the girls happens to come to Angela's house and she's on the porch and she hears the mom being like, they're all going to laugh at you. Or yeah. Whatever, or like she, she witnesses that she, Angela's being abused in some way. Like this yeah. story has been told so poorly and it's like, it's not like it's super complicated or like, Oh, they're so tricky to tell it this way. It's like, no, you just, you just fucked up. Like you got halfway like to the end of your show and we're like, oh, we didn't hit all these beats we we're supposed to hit. So we have to go back and like do a little fix it here and there to like make it make sense. God damn it. This episode might be huge. Might be long. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm kind of shocked that Corey wasn't just like it was your classic Carrie's mom situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then uh, is, is it Marjorie? Mom. Is that Noah's mom? You know, there's certain things that I just have like yeah. Noah's mom and Sharon Leal because fuck it. Yeah. Anyway, she's like, I got, got caught smoking at school and I blamed it on Angela. It's like, like when you really get down to like, what were the horrible things you did to this girl? None of this is really, it's like, okay, you're kind of mean to some girl. And I, I was really realizing watching this episode, really realizing that's great writing. Um, mm. We don't know. By, by the book, folks. For all these flashbacks about Angela, we have no idea who she is as a person. What does she want? Like, mm. it, she's just like, she's just there to be this put upon loser. And like, we're bag. supposed to feel bad for, but like we had no idea what is going on in her brain or what she wanted or what she was about or anything. She's just exists as a plot device. She's and they the... want us to care about Angela, but they've done nothing to really earn that. 
She's she's that one stupid kid's girlfriend in Stranger Things, right? Uh, that's who she is. Um, also, before I forget, because I'm now aggressively drinking, mm-hmm. Noah's mom, the scene you pointed out several episodes ago as high comedy, she will top that in this episode later on. Which scene? The, where she wants to get clean by herself. Right. Oh, that right, is right. high yes. fucking comedy. I'm that's doing better, would... baby. Mama, no, you're not. That's when I was just like, <laughs> is there a hidden camera in my home as I watch this show? Yeah. Uh, so Sharon Leal says that she was a bad friend because Andrew confided something in her that, that she didn't help her with. The tabby can guess what that, that was about Andrew's assault and that her mother was told about. So the confessions are all supposed to have it's personal supposed to have some sort of weight or like, oh yeah. my God, like is, her minds are blown by all these reveals. Or It's like, no, this is like, first of all, we, we know all this. The audience does. Well, but they don't even trust you because you get all these brief cuts yeah. to the previous episodes to show how but weak the storylines are. You're telling us are. a bunch of stuff the audience already knows, and like the kind of reactions of our characters here are very boring. They're just like, "Wow," you know, <laughs> like it's like this is this scene should not exist. It's really bad writing. Again, I just want to do a podcast where we just bring a real PLL writer on mm-hmm. and have him watch the episode and be like, "What do you think?" And Angela's like, what about my mom? What did she do to Angela? And like, nobody wants to say. And then finally, um, sure. Oh, no, hold, hold on. So, sorry. The, 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 they ask, what, why were you all so cruel to Angela? Mm-hmm. What was it about this girl? And Elodie's like, well, it was a different time. Girls, Girls were, were meaner mean. back in the 90s. She's an easy target. And Noah's mom says it was a game, a terrible game. I feel like the writers may actually believe that too, as though like, they being modern are somehow like better people than the people that existed in the nineties. So like in 20 years, people won't look back at people from this era and be like, here are all the things that were weird about the culture then that are different now, just because time marches on and, you know, progress is made, but also it's just like a different culture than it was before. Well, also teen moms, if you keep talking about how mean you were in the nineties, I swear to God, I'm going to fall in love with you. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that's when Imogen asks like, you know, about her mom and what she did to to Angela. And that's when, Sharon Leal tells the utterly dumb, I completely forgot about the scene, the dumb Halloween story about throwing yeah. the quote unquote filth Which, at like, someone's door. Is this like them lying and like still not coming clean or, or something? Because we're going to get some reveals Who at the, the end of the episode. Who the fuck knows about this yeah. show? So Imogen huffs like that's so extreme because she really should be like huffing because that's so dumb. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, so you you had her fucking like step on some shit. And like leave her at someone's door. That's it. That's it. That's fucking it. Yeah. Um, so then so it's what's like, next? What what happens now? We keep talking to each other, so nothing like this ever happens again. Mm. Otherwise, everything stays in this room. But but then on. followed up immediately. But like, and then we move on. Yeah. So we keep talking, but we move on. I saw a really funny thing on the PLL OS like subreddit where somebody was just like, "I love the way the girls all talk to each other, and no one's keeping secrets." And then somebody else is like. Yeah, but the show's called Pretty Little Liars. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, all you wanted to do is like be pandered to by like your fake TV, uh, TV friends. Like, like drama actually needs to exist for a show to be entertaining. You know what? Fire emoji. Yeah, all the fire emojis. By the way, going off on a tangent here. Speaking of ooh, Reddit, ooh, he's doing um, it. There, I was just curious a couple days ago because it, it, like, I'll, I'll see Reddit will tell me when like there's like. You know, it'll, it doesn't tell me, but it's like it'll show posts from different subreddits. And I see the PLLOS ones and they've been doing this thing where they're like, vote out one character a day, you know, oh, like, to yeah, arrive yeah. the best character or whatever. 
and like I just kept seeing those. And so I went and looked at the, the subreddit, which supposedly has like, I don't know, 10,000 subscribers or whatever. Guess how many total posts, not just like main posts, but like how many posts complete have been made in like a week time period on that? A week. Yeah, a week. 900. On PLL Original Sin? No, 13. Oh, okay. And almost all of them, you know, like half of them or more than half were these like vote the character out things. Mm. that like has got to be like is that like somebody who's getting paid to do that or something like there's no conversation about this show at all i went and like kind of the same like go to the original pll subreddit how many posts in the same time period 143 and that's where show has been off the air for you know years and so, <laughs> so i don't know if maybe you're gonna say well you know maybe their their zoomer audience isn't on reddit they're all on tiktok talking about it or something i don't know it seems like this show has like no cultural footprint or engagement at all in it there's besides, nothing to talk about. Like, besides like the what would you talk about on the subreddit after the show's over? You're like, well, that was a bad show. And now it's I would love to turn a little bit of the resources that they spent in, internally investigating mm. the Snyder bullshit. Yeah, really. To like how many bots <laughs> are, uh, you know, working on this show? Because first of all, the call had to come from inside the house on the bots. Like whatever PR company you have on. on whatever, oh, whatever. Yeah. But anyway, so the, of the power original- subreddit and bots all over that one. Speaking of the original PLL subreddit, though, you got to love that like every I think we talked about this before on some podcasts mm-hmm. we did, but like the novelty wave has shrunk and it's increased. But it's like every fourth post is like, I've just watched this show for the first time in years. And ooh, Ezra is probably pro- yeah, it's like every day, practically like yeah. somebody's watching it for the first time. Um and I know you can say, well, PL has been around longer, their subreddit's bigger and whatnot, but like it really seems like this show is completely dead. We are probably the only ones still talking about this piece of shit right now. You people it is, did this it to is us. dead and buried, and yet somehow it's getting exhumed for a second season. And I'm not going to be like, woe is us. I'm just going to be like, look, our book is out today. Mm-hmm. Uh, so later at Noah's apartment, I, I, this is the scene that broke me. This was my Joker origin story. And this is the 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 filter by which I watched the rest of this episode. Noah and her mom are talking. Noah's mom says that after all this, she's going to try to get clean for real. For real this time. For real. Noah asks that means rehab. The mom says, no, I'm going to do it myself here at home. I'm a nurse. I know how to detox. And I was just like, oh boy those those response to this is just to say that sounds messy mom it's like come on like i feel like they've portrayed uh noah as being like she kind of knows her mom's bullshit but yet somehow she's not calling her on it here it's like oh she's she's a child of an addict has been dealing with this for a while and yet she's like oh yeah you'll totally detox yourself that's going to work which which briefly briefly reminded me of um, it's early in season one, I believe, where Hannah like goes on the, the like da- father daughter date with her dad, sure. mm-hmm. and she's like she so wants to believe that her dad, like she's still the special girl of her dad and all that stuff. The same episode where Ashley's like all dressed up too, oh, yeah. and he's like, uh, actually, Ash, I just met Hannah and I, and it's like capturing like earrings off. I love that. Yeah, scene. yeah. <laughs> she has to capture that like like oh, this is a teenage girl. Like she has some blind spots. Mm-hmm. Um. This show well, doesn't Myra. want their characters to have any blind spots because they have to be no. perfect. Yeah. But my Rafiko, you got to run. You got to get the fuck out of the show. I go, need to watch go. it. Have you watched that Do Revenge movie? I, know she's I have in not. It. Should we just, 
I kind of wonder if we should just do that, not even on headcanon, just do it on the PLL feed. Do it on the PLL feed. I mean, maybe we can. Yeah, I've I've heard good buzz about it. Right, I should say I've read good buzz about it online, but like I have no idea if it's real buzz or like fake astroturf buzz because I feel like I see that a lot these days, where like everybody's talking about how this is a great show or, show or a great movie, and then I watch it and I'm like, that was kind of a piece of shit. What is so this? I I have a lot of goodwill for Jen, Kate, and Robinson. Which is weird because I don't know that I totally love that Gina Rodriguez rom-com that she did, which I think was called Someone Great, if I remember correctly. But like she did Sweet Vicious. Hmm, she also cool. was smart enough to co-write Love and Thunder, but like like nope the way the fuck out of the the criticism yeah. about that movie. Um if you if you want to ever do a headcanon, I don't want to rewatch the movie, but I would love to talk about Love and Thunder. Oh, did you finally watch it? I watched it in the theater, yeah. It's oh, okay. Like, yeah, I don't know we talked about fuck. it. It's it's shockingly bad. Um, you can tell we don't want to talk about PL Original Sin. Yeah. Hollow was, as fuck. Yeah. The way they like try to make a weird joke out of stage four cancer, like, oh, come on. How many stages are there? It's like, what well, are you doing, movie? Like, are, do you want us to take this seriously or not? Well, it's like, Natalie, you're smarter than this. How much did you work out to be in this movie? Like, how, how many days at the gym was this? Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, I, just like, Natalie, what did they pitch you? Yeah. So how much cocaine was on that fucking set. Oh, I mean, it's that was that's a classic. I'm sure they had fun making it type of movie, yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah, Ocean's yeah, yeah, 12 yeah. or something, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh so Noah points out how, how that sounds messy. And I point out what a fucking burden that is on your child. But Noah's mom wants Noah to stay at Sean's for a few days. Her sponsor's going to come. Apparently that's somebody named Grace who cares we're never going to see her. Also, this is the point where this is literally this is the moment where you can hear my brain break. Where Noah's mom <laughs> I know what says, you're say, yeah. Can you cover my shifts at the pizza place? I almost, I almost was, I thought to myself, how would James react if I said to him at this point in the podcast, I didn't watch the rest of the episode. I would I'm say just here. Justified. I'm, it would almost I'm be just, more fun to have me try to explain what's happening. I was like, yeah. guess what, bitches? This is the dollop now. <laughs> You're just going to explain this shit to me. <laughs> uh, hopefully you remember I, the doll guy. Ooh. Ouch. So I just I would rather just listen to the main dude tell the the history. The other guy I just can't stand his reactions. I'm sorry. I'm I know sorry, somebody that you I know somebody you know who just got very upset about that. Mm-hmm. Just um, listen to this podcast. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Sean's home. Noah's so, over. Well, Noah's first. like, oh yeah, sure, I'll go after school tomorrow to, to cover for you at this like adult job. Like like this is like the 1950s or something what, really. Like what, what is the, the manager? Emily Fields are you even fucking talking about? What, is the, what does the manager think when like this girl walks in? It's like, hey, my mom can't make it to today. I'm gonna work here instead. And they're like, okay, but you don't. We haven't trained you. Like, I mean, I, I'm sorry. Here at Junk Ball Pizza, we yeah. have like fucking documents and shit like Social Security that we have. Uh, fuck this. Anyway, Sean's at Sean's place. Noah's over for boyfriend on the couch. His Films parents were like out. a wreath of uh, Christmas lights and, you know, whatnot. It's, I don't know. It's weird that this is like kind of a Christmassy episode, but it doesn't feel like it at all. Maybe it's because there's no Christmas carols or something, but like it's, it's odd how much they've put into making it appear to be Christmas time, but there's not a, like a, a, a not tiny, enough. tiny ounce of like it actually seeming like it's Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. So Noah's over there for boyfriend on the couch. His parents will allow her to stay over as long as Sean sleeps on the floor, which I know is like a joke, but like that's not the case in the in the episode later. So 
Well, no, no, it's it's played weird later because presumably he's supposed to sleep on the floor, but like he wasn't or something. It's clearly not. I don't know why the, the parents would be like. You'd think they'd be like, Shawnee can sleep on the couch or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm sorry. Your penis and her vagina would not be in the same room. I mean, as ever. a parent, I I feel like you're either like, yeah, we know you guys are banging, just like you know, be cool about it or whatever, or you're like, you have to sleep in separate places. You know, like, yeah, no, you're yeah. not going to sleep on the floor in the same bedroom could, with the closed door. Could you not throw it in our fucking faces? <laughs> yeah. But also, these parents have got to got to have to have a whiff of like what a joke Noah's mom is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Tabby's room this time. Well, it's oh, actually- real quick, Noah has yeah. lied to Sean and said that her mom has the flu, and that's why she needs to to be here because like the coach will kill me if I get sick or something. Which I don't know why. Like Sean knows that her mom's an addict. Like yeah. I don't know why this. Like for once, somebody's lying on the show, but it doesn't really make any sense. You know. Well, the funny thing is that for the longest time on this show. Longest time in this ninth episode, Sean and Noah were like the rock solid relationship that you didn't care about. They're they're very obviously trying to to like red herring up Sean in this episode. Yeah, he's like oh, I love that you're here. Stay as long as you like, and he's gonna be like vaguely creepy through the rest of the episode. Is is that really what's going on? I never fully got that. I guess that's was how I read it. Is that yeah? It's it's going to be some sort of thing where for sure that they this, want us to I, suspect him i would be the guy running into the writer's room in episode nine being like we gotta have a red herring dude but like i don't think the show knows what the fuck it's doing they even do that anyway so in tabby's room this time it's her mom knocking the door and coming to see her and sharon leal says we still need to talk about that thing you told me about okay god damn it it's been three weeks yeah three yeah it's weeks. not the next day it's been uh, several weeks and like hey should we should we talk about this again? Oh, do we have to? Yeah, we do, baby. I can't make the same mistake I made with Angela with my own daughter. Great. Um, yeah, so you, she's like, you really have no idea who hurt you? And she's like, no. And the, uh, Sharon says, um, you know, should we go together, go to the police? You know, she doesn't want to do that. If he's still out there, you know, like, you know, we need to get, get caught. I think uh, they finally revealed that Imogen was also raped here. I think it might be the same person. You're so sweet to just keep carrying on this scene. I'm sorry. If you were like, if you told me you had been sexually assaulted, like I'm going to be like, can, can I get back to you? Can we talk in a month? She's like, oh, you girls have been through so much. <laughs> we'll be okay, mom. We just need more time. Also, were we not given the impression that it would take a week last time with the Marjorie's DNA friend? I mean, maybe it was like, you know, business days or whatever, and holiday weekend. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that guy's like also like I just realized this is a fuck ton of work that mm-hmm. I'm doing pro bono. God oh, damn it! I'm, I'm doing like like sixty five swabs or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Also, you're handing me toothbrushes and jock straps. This is sketch as fuck. Yeah. Uh, Sean's room. Noah wakes up and spooked because Sean is, case in point, not in bed of her. There's do a you, creepy floor. Real burst, quick, like, do sound. you think they yeah. like provided their own DNA to like to like rule out? You know, like because like I'm surely their DNA is probably on some of the shit they gave him. So like, oh, good question. Because they'd question. be like, oh yeah, it turns out it was somebody from the blood drive. It's like, oh, it's it's actually just one of you because you're handling it. <laughs> good question. I, I don't think the show has the. Yeah. the I don't think they've done the the modicum of Google research to figure that out. Also, DNA only like the only checks like thirteen of like how many possible loci, whatever. Um, 
Sean's room, like I said, uh, no wakes up. He's, Sean's not in bed with her. There's she, she reaches over on the bed next to her and be like, Sean, where are you? So it's okay. So he was clearly just sleeping in bed with her. So I'm sorry. Are Sean's parents going to bed and just hearing the vague sounds of sex from the other I mean, wing? Not to be uh, horny on Maine uh, or anything, uh, but like, uh. I feel like. I don't know. This is a show for teenagers. We like we want to see him like like sneaking to get some action or something. Like I don't yeah, need to yeah. see graphic detail or anything. But like I feel like a teenager watching this might be a little more interested to be like, oh wow, they're gonna share a room together. Uh, like like you know, how's that gonna go down? Is there gonna be sexy tension? Or maybe he starts out on the floor and she talks him into the bed. I, I just nothing. You know, it's like it's like they're a a couple who's like thirty years old or something. No, and, and perhaps. Even though they had a they had her apartment to go to, he might have eaten puss that one time at the Spirit Queen dance. Sure. Yeah. Um yeah, so he's not there. There's a creepy floorboard sound. That there's Sean doing setups on the floor. His head just kind of like rises up all the time. Three hundred and fifty crunches. That's impressive. bull fucking shit. <laughs> That's some Paul Rudd and Actually, Anchorman no, they're they're not shit. crunches, they're sit ups. Um so yeah. That's some Paul Rudd and Anchorman shit right there. <laughs> or I'm sorry, that's 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 uh, that's Ron Burgundy and Anchorman shit right there. Sorry, I woke you, babe. Yeah, three hundred fifty nine. Yeah, yeah, three sixty. Oh, what's up, babe? <laughs> sorry, I woke you. I don't know if you heard. I just did a thousand sit ups. Yeah. <laughs> um, she decides that now might be the time for him to talk about his pills, his supplements, but actually performance enhancers. Well, the way she's like, "Fuck it, we need to talk about this," and it's like. So I guess he just like for three weeks, he didn't say anything. I don't know. It's every scene in this feels like there was no nothing leading up to it or triggering it. It just kind of unfolds. It's like the writers need to address this plot detail or that plot detail now. So it's happening completely unmotivated. It feels like this episode was written. It was turned in and went through its various checks through the writing staff. And then like a script editor at the last minute was just like, oh, ooh, I forgot. I thought of something. I'll just write December 11th sunday at the start of the script and we're good mm. and it's like all these scenes should have taken place like two days later now they're three weeks later and they're like fuck these little pigs who watch the show they won't know yeah so he's like you know bt dubs i'm on the football team the basketball team and like the baseball team so well, he's she's like he told me you weren't taking steroids he says i'm not an addict like they're they're kind of framing this as though he she thinks he's addicted which i i guess he could say well her mom's an addict so maybe like she kind of is like putting this framework onto other people she sees, you know, abusing drugs like, oh, you must be addicted to these steroids, too. But like, I don't know if steroid addiction is really a thing you want to look out for so much as like like people are using steroids for a reason, not like to get high or something like that. Right, you know? right, like, right, right. Yeah. But it, it's kind of framed as a whole like addiction thing here. Just getting high off sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's like, so... she's like, well, the football season's over. He's like, oh, well, I'm on the basketball scene, too. Yeah, so he asked about the inhaler, and she's like, yeah, you know, in this three-week-off period, I used it once and tossed it because it was A, illegal, and B, who knows what the fuck it was doing and to my body. We flashback to it. We yeah. flashback to her, like, in her locker room, staring at the inhaler, and then, like, getting up and throwing it in the trash. Like, thanks, show. I wouldn't have been able to follow what she was saying without that helpful flashback to show me. So fucking insulting. Um, there's a couple of those in this episode, too. Yeah, she's like, well, I can't juggle having two addicts in my life. He agrees to like stop, but like not cold turkey. You have to wean himself off that, which again just doesn't seem like where this storyline was going previously. Also, did we mention that the person tweeted at us that like the Rosewood High kids would have to drive right. hours? Yeah, out no, of we, their we've covered way? that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. 
Yeah. Well, no, she's like, oh, I'll, I'll, I won't do cold turkey. I'll rain myself off. And she's like, oh, great. Just kind of like leans into his bare chest there and cries and they hug. And it's like, well, I guess that's resolved or something. But it's there's no like, I don't know, like a real conversation would be like, OK, well, I'm going to help you wean off. You know, how much are you taking right now? Like I like I'll 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 let you wean yourself off, but I won't control the pills so I can give them to you. So I know you're not mm-hmm. cheating. You know, like it's just the show's not interested in anything like that. It doesn't care no. about this plot line. It's just like here for like, you know, to fill time, basically. Uh, meanwhile, Imogen's in bed having a bad dream. She has a dream that she's back in her house when she discovered her mom's body. There's a shot that is clearly an homage from Dario Argento's Deep Red, which mm-hmm. As a Giallo is actually a slasher film, which is where I, I pause to say, while Dead and Buried, the title of this episode, has some metaphorical resonance to the content of the episode, like other episodes of this, this show, you are referencing a classic horror film that is not a slasher, and you have opined about the slasher yeah. aesthetic that you're so in favor of. And then they pick, I want to say, when they get to it, the holiday slashers they pick they pick one of the worst movies of all time later on in the, the Orpheum marquee. They're, they're fake horror fans. I'm sorry. I'm going to gatekeep there. Like, yeah, they, they're yeah. aware that horror movies exist. They don't really know much about them. I don't think they read Love and Chainsaws or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. the, yeah. uh, the book was. Yeah, so she goes down the hallway and finds her mom in that bathtub full of blood. And the A written in blood on the tile. And she like opens the bathroom door. Like Pleatherface is holding a razor and charges at her and starts wailing. But actually, it's Imogen wailing. Well, she, she wakes up screaming. I guess we're supposed to say she's, she's suddenly wondering, something. oh, yeah. maybe my mom didn't kill herself. Maybe it's A. It's weird that she's only thinking about this now. Three months or, or three weeks after they caught A or A killed himself or whatever. And yeah. then like several months after her mom killed herself. Like, I don't know yeah, why yeah. this is only occurring to her now. And it's not motivated by anything, really. But then as you ponder that and you ponder the nature of time on this show, mm-hmm. Monday. you want you want a follow up, though, to you had that stupid Halloween party. You got all that money because you wanted to pay the first mortgage mm-hmm. payment on your buying, buying back your house. What happened with that? Anyway, so Monday we see Farron fresh from the shower, looking at pictures of herself as a child. Her like, hair is like, kind of like like wavy here because she hasn't like done her like flat iron it. treatment or anything. Yeah. yeah. And they're like there's this this like I don't know. I, I, I know what they're going for. They're they're kind of doing a thing where it's like, oh look, Farron has like she's looking at all these ballerina pictures, all these like white chicks with like, you know, pulled back straight hair, and it's like clearly Farron has thought that she had to like style her hair in this way. Um, you know, to be a ballerina, but now she's suddenly realizing I want to be be myself and I don't need to conform to these like white standards of beauty. Like this is a like the like black women's hair is like kind of been in discourse for generations, right. really. Like Spike Lee, I think, was like touching on this back in the eighties. You know, there's like a whole Chris Rock documentary. Like it's it's good natured for them to put a plot line like this in, but I feel like they've just done no work at all. It feels like they read a Twitter thread about like like black women's hair like the week before they wrote this episode and we're just like oh we'll have farron decide to keep her hair natural yeah won't that be empowering it's like but you like you didn't set anything up like there's there's ways you could have laid pieces i feel like they do this with farron constantly like you could have set things up to lead to this where it would actually feel like we the audience would feel good about it and be like hey that's really cool she's growing as a person instead it just kind of suddenly happens out of nowhere and you were just kind of like, well, okay, I guess. I mean, it's not like 
I'm not like mad that you're showing this, but it's like you didn't really earn it at all. No. Uh, and obviously we can't speak to mm-hmm. issues of black women's hair like and, and how it's presented, but like this just feels really pandering to me. It it's it's annoying because like I I I'm I'm aware enough. I've seen Twitter threads about it, you know, I've seen some of those documentaries like back in my film school days. Like this is like I said, it's like this is a a topic of discourse that's been around for a long time. I don't think there's anything wrong with bringing it up. I just wish they no. hadn't done it in such like a drive-by, like slapdash way. Which is everything about this show. Though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the thing we've been talking about like a long time. It's like, I'm not against any of these subject matters whatsoever. Yeah. I would love a real utilization of them. Like this you is not the show. Madame Geary, like in an earlier episode, getting on her about her hair. Like we could have had her like show up once before, like maybe she was late. She didn't have time to like do her hair and like, her teacher chews her out, you know, like something to like to show. Like, I feel like the the episode, like we're we're inferring a lot just because like we're aware of the issue, you know. But like, if someone didn't and they watch this, I feel like they'd be missing a lot of the context here. That's like also, why this is supposed to be a big deal that Farron's doing this. I just realized, is this the first episode that doesn't feature Madame Geary? I think so. Yeah, I don't think. But Madame I mean, Geary's yeah. There. Can you imagine if Madame Geary was like, Farron, I'm aghast that you showed up in your natural and utterly beautiful natural mm-hmm. hair. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Imogen and Tabby are walking down the street. They still haven't gotten the results of the, the blood drive. Imogen has just re- like started to realize that Crazy Joe was most likely not Pleatherface. And now she thinks that Pleatherface like, killed her mom, made it look like a suicide. Well, this is all like her theory. And then Tabby's just like, okay, digesting. Like nobody has ever like... Like, Imogen, are you sure this isn't just, like, your weird way of coping with grief or something? Like, nobody ever brings that up. And they're like, of course, you must be right in this new theory of yours. But especially since the the kicker of the last episode was, like, Imogen saying, could it be that simple? And Tabby being like, well, in my esteemed expertise as a person who's watched, like, 10 horror movies, it's never that simple. Yeah. So Imogen's going to go talk to the coroner after school. Um whatever kelly's house uh she's in the dining room her mom is having a shit fit about uh her abandoning father Karis, which is again a lame reference to the exorcist not a slasher movie kelly was supposed to be working for some church youth group and now she's like working on a dance piece of farron and she says oh god poor madison bechtel i just want to rescue you from this she says you would like this piece mama it's biblical is she like Southern all of a sudden? Yeah. And then the sheriff saunters in Eric Johnson, as usual, on one in this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. She says, can't count on the girl for anything. Like father, like daughter. Wow. Shade. And the sheriff dad is like, I thought you were done dancing, Kelly. And she's like, I'm not dancing. It's just Swan Lake. He's like, well, it's a shame. You were never the dancer. Your sister was wrong kid died it's just like i'm sorry like like he's so cartoonish like why are we how can you expect us to take this whole plot line seriously when he's it's like there's no subtlety to it at all i just i would love to interview eric johnson yeah and just find out was he just like are you sure you want me to go that big well kelly is just like you know you're not the only one in pain but you are the only one who's lashing out like a drunk bully and it's like, ooh, she said it. And he says, if there were any justice in this world, it would have been you who slipped, not Karen. And she gets up and yells, fuck you, and like storms like, out. Like she's Randy from Scream 2. Yeah, and he's just like gritting his teeth like, oh, how dare my daughter yell at me for that. 
And then his wife says, you're so troubled, Tom, so tortured. And then he just gets up and leaves. Like, what? <sighs> Which will set up mm-hmm. the fucking worst button that this episode could end on. And they got to end on a cliffhanger. But like, what, it's just what, like, I can't take button? this seriously. Like, the idea that a dad would say that to his daughter, like, oh, it should have been you that died. Like, and that it, it wasn't even like an outburst or anything. He just kind of says it matter of factly. Well, it's like, this isn't the fucking Dewey Cox movie. Yeah, I know. Is, yeah. Um, so the Wolf statue, I'm just going to say now, because a lot of my, a lot of my notes are Ash run. Oh, seriously. Yes, exactly. If <laughs> I had made notes, here. that's what I said. Run for the fucking hills, Ash. Ash, you are not safe in this show. Mm-hmm. So Mouse didn't text Ash back the night before. She had a come to Jesus moment with one mom, then got home, and the other mom asked her how to set up on her lesbian dating apps, which, you coward, name them. Can I, can I just say, first of all, first of all, okay, the the asking your daughter to, like, you, like you're going Gross. through some shit with, you're you know. You're separated. The, yeah, and you're like, yeah. hey, daughter, can you set me up? Like, what an asshole move, seriously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but then also, the scene starts with, like, Oh, sorry, I didn't uh, text you back last night. And it's like, but we never saw that. Like, it all feels yeah. like they're skipping scenes. Yeah. Like, it's like they didn't, they don't bother to write them. They'll just tell us about them later and like expect us to still have the same investment in it. Yeah. Well, you're not separated enough, quite frankly, in mm-hmm. TV show terms to be at lesbian dating apps you know, level of separation. Well, like, I know we don't have to see everything, but shouldn't we see a scene or one of the moms asks about that? I don't know. It's like everything yeah. is telling this show. There's no show. Yeah. And so, so then Ash is like, well, if they're not, they're not like super separated yet. Like you still want them to work things out. And she's like, I hope they refuse to be in the same room together. And he's like, wait a minute. You're fan of those Disney movies, right? Let's do the parent trap. I really thought they were going to reference, um, what's her face? Uh, Haley Mills here, but no, they go for the Lindsay Lohan version. Of course they do. Well, I was, I was, I was expecting one of them to say Lindsay Lohan and then the other to be like, oh, I prefer Haley Mills because the writers of the show are all old, but no. <laughs> you mean because Mouse is not so secretly 30 years old, but yeah. not really? Yeah, she says it in a kind of unhinged way, which this is the moment where I was like, Ash, get the fuck out of here. Also, they're not actually going to parent trap them. No, they just like go to the pinball pizza place together like yeah i'm sorry yeah you, you can't say you're gonna parent trap somebody and there's no yeah. hijinks or anything it's you it's, could make the parent trap joke while kelly and karen were both still alive mm-hmm. but um, it's, it's anyway. like a, just another example of how lazy they are as writers they they want they want the vibes of parent trap but they're not actually going to do anything to earn it i i, I just think that they know that parent trap specifically the Lindsay lohan version Mm -hmm. is in the cultural lexicon of the general millennials yeah yeah audience that they're appealing to and they're just going to throw a lot of fucking boop 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 like buzzwords to them so the school nurse's office with a bed imogen's getting a a checkup from the school nurse like this is your doctor this is your medical like like your prenatal care are you fucking kidding me and then she's the nurse is like, usually these checkups is just you and me, Imogen. And Imogen's like, I know Nurse Simmons, but and she does this kind of gross, like turn and smile, like this like gooey smile as the camera pans the chip here. And she's like, I wanted him to be here. Which like, what you guys been dating for three weeks or something? I hate like this how so much. how serious is it? You know, <laughs> like I hate this so much. Well, because we've we've literally barely seen any romantic scenes between them. 
So like, is it serious now? I guess it is. Like, well, I feel like we've seen them kiss like one time or something. You know, like, I mean, three weeks later, they've easily sexted one time. But uh, this is the moment where I turn to my cats as I watch this mm-hmm. alone in my home, and I said, ah! "Yeah, he says I wanted to be here, you know, to be supportive, and also because I'm secretly the dad." Uh, but I won't oh. say anything else. Yeah. Oh. So the nurse says she's on track for 38th week of pregnancy. Not long now. Her blood pressure is a bit high. And so she says that like her life is just one long anxiety attack. So the nurse is like, you need to avoid outside stress or cause complications with the baby. So we're going to see the baby be born next week. Right. I assume so. Yeah. Yeah. The nurse is like avoid stress and not like, I don't know, make sure you're In eating show. a low salt diet or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The vitamins, my God, the prenatal vitamins you need to be yeah. taking. Also, at some point, you need to go to the class where we tell you. <laughs> yeah, the Lamas. Oh, God. Can you imagine? I've been in one of those classes. Can you imagine uh, Chip having to accompany the well, scene of Chip having to go it's, to Lamas? It's a class? total cliche. I, I know it's a total cliche, but this show yeah. is not above it. That no. would, if he was doing one of those classes with her, we would see, oh, they're kind of closer now. He's a part of this. To so suddenly just right. reveal him there. Like, it's just bizarre. Like they could have even just had a scene where they were like making out before school or something just to be like, Oh, Hey, look, the relationship has progressed a little bit. Or, or, they don't or how, about a, how about a twofer where they make out and we pull back and we see that he's wearing a baby Bjorn and he's like, yeah, <laughs> this is the one you need to buy. Gross. Like I'm totally uh, into this shit. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. And I maybe mean, they're not that... doing that because he's a secret rapist. So it's like, it, it's like, they don't know where they're going with this. Yeah. Uh, so I think I posed this question to you before. Mm-hmm. They could absolutely call us. Have us join the staff. No. Listen, guys. Listen, guys. No. Listen. No. We can give you the good version. We can give you the hack version, but pay us. Because no. honestly, no. it feels like we've given so much attention to this show. Pay us. No. no I mean, I, I, I would not do it because because I would be like, guess what? If I if you wanted me to write on the show, I would want to be able to like not write bullshit. And like you wouldn't want me to do like like, why would you hire me like my my first act would be like well you need to get rid of everyone else who wrote on the show and if you don't want to do that then why would i want to be in a writer's room with those people like but that's the nice thing about writing a book you can write whatever you want there's no one to tell you you have to write something else you and i are so good at playing to certain tropes and stereotypes and having fun with them do you remember a pitch that you and i came up with that no one bought called ghost detective only vaguely we but, sold no, I, that I, to every fucking like stereotype, and it was great. Yeah, no, I would not want to be a writer on the show, even if they paid me. And frankly, they couldn't pay me enough. I don't. I don't mean like my my price is so high, but I mean like literally like the going rate of a, a TV writer. Like, do you want to get really depressed? Like, if you're yeah, if nothing. you're if you're like a staff writer on this show, like not like the EP, but just like a regular staff writer, and this was nothing. like the only show you booked that year. You you yourself are making more than that writer like over a year, like the, it, it's like kind of a disaster these days, like with how much like writers make, unless you're like kind of like an, a producer too. Yeah. 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 The, the, the money is still in being in one of those 22 episode, a, mm-hmm. a year shows. Yeah. This is, this is fucking garbage. Like so many of our, yeah, you're, our if talented you're, writers are making nothing. If you're a staff writer shows. on this show, there's too many streamers. Yeah. You're, you're probably still having to call your parents to help you out with rent or taking a side gig. Because LA is fucking expensive. Also, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot smarter people than us, a lot smarter people than us have been talking about this for a while, but we have certainly on our podcast been talking about the bubble. The and bubble the is still, bubble. Yeah. It's still it's starting growing. to burst, like the whole Netflix thing. 
Like, yeah. I, I do think it's starting yeah. to pull back, like, HBO Max and what they're doing. Well, I, I have to wonder if HBO Max is really mm-hmm. going to be the pin in the bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so cafeteria. The sinners are at lunch, and Farron joins them. Her hair is looking less relaxed and more more natural. Tabby is living for it. Uh, Noah says it's giving serious fire emojis. Farron says she's You're giving, giving off some serious fire emojis right now. It's just like, No, you are. You're like, guys, nobody talks like this. Get off Twitter. Uh, Farron says that she's giving herself permission to let her hair down and go more natural. And I'm crazy. Am I crazy? Or does Farron look a little bit older with slightly crimped hair? Maybe because mostly, most of the time we see her, it's like pulled back, like for dancing and whatnot. Yeah. You know, so yeah. But also, yeah. she has this like huge grin on her face mm-hmm. for every moment of the scene where I was like, sadly, you could go book a, a another show where you played someone's like young mom. <laughs> wow burn i'm sorry <laughs> but like you look like you're not quite in high school anymore i don't know it's, it's uh, she mentions a compliment and a burn. Uh, i think imogen's like major props for you starting an independent study on top of everything else we're dealing with but it's like you're not dealing with anything anymore right like um, yeah that's the whole point yeah, yeah. fern's like i mean evolve or die right i think her independent study is just like she's helping out with choreography for dances because yeah. she can't physically dance right now because we're her pt <laughs> Um, well, she's but, she's choreographing her own dance sequence. Yeah, she says not to diminish the role of a dancer, which I still am, but choreographers shape the story, like with Forbidden Fruit. My interpretation of the Adam and Eve story. Ugh. They tell her she's brave for doing this, and she turns <clears throat> to Tabby and says, "I was inspired to do this by working on your Lady Psycho short film." Mm-hmm. And yeah, then sure. the three worst lines of this entire show. Imogen says, I'm obsessed with this love fest. Noah says, ditto. And Mouse says, I love us. I heart us. I heart us. Yeah. Which, I'm... which is like, I feel like that's just a microcosm of the whole, whole show. It's just like, they just want it to be a, a love and fest where everybody loves each other. And there's really no conflict at all. You know, and Again. it's like, it's, it's funny because like the in the OG PLL like yeah they kept secrets all the time and they did fucked up shit but like you felt their friendship was so much more genuine and earned because yeah. they behaved like real people you know like real people also with life during wartime yeah yeah they weren't just constantly like celebrating how great they were and how great their friendship was like it was communicated through their actions and behaviors and like just like little moments together not like beating you over the head to tell us like what great friends these people are right and I and I'm not qualified to discuss like true black girl magic, but this feels pandering. This feels like there's got to be a variation of the Bechdel test where Farron and Tabby can talk, and not just like without talking about a man, yeah, yeah. but also without talking about like a white person. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of uh, the Bechdel test, Mallory Bechdel is about to walk in as I'm a bitch. I'm a boss is playing on the soundtrack here. She's dressed like uh karen i guess she's got like the kind Ish. of like like you know pencil skirt that's not a pencil skirt i don't know what that's called but, tight um, yellow top and a cheer yeah. skirt yeah yeah it sits on greg's lap at the popular kids table kelly beasley despite going through some shit in her home life it will now enter her slut era for 10 minutes she, i mean she's got like the you know the makeup and the hair and everything she's like sitting on this dude's lap like and then Farron turns, she's like, not this shit again. It's like, what shit again exactly? I don't understand her whole deal with Kelly, but whatever. 
I, I feel like the writers were like, ooh, she's acting like Karen again. As if you ever fucking differentiated these yeah, two girls. Exactly. Exactly. Um well, and see, it's three weeks later. Seemingly she's been dating Greg this whole time. Ish, like, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. At least being like that like they're poking each other in some fashion. Yeah. Then the movie theater, this was fucking Silent insulting. Night, insulting. They're playing holiday horror, including Black Christmas, which is a great film. Great film. It's a Halloween ripped it off. And Silent Night, Deadly Night. Look, Silent Night, Deadly Night should never be seen. I've it's never seen the original. Movie. I've seen Silent Night, Deadly Night 2, which is maybe the first 45 the worst... minutes are the, are the repeats of the first yeah, movie. Maybe the worst movie I've ever seen. It's so bad. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. like incompetently bad. But... If you were to get out like thumbtacks, like on a, on a map of like countries you've visited, but like just tracking your eyes, mm-hmm. I don't know what you call it. Friendship slash shared movie journey mm-hmm. there's a point where we watched silent night Dead night part two and we were just like this is bad this is unspeakably bad this is voldemort bad yeah it's like um, you watch that and you're like okay i know that like supposedly plan nine from outer space is like the worst movie ever or something but like no this is worse yeah uh so meanwhile tabby is showing wes the four pages of storyboards for her short movie <laughs> he's, he's blown like, away it's awesome no notes okay uh, he will let her borrow her his equipment, including including his red Komodo camera, which she has to be careful with because the lens will scratch easily. So I looked it up. I looked it up. Okay, I was wondering if you knew what this was, but yeah, go ahead. Red Komodo, by the way, is what a lot of Netflix shows shoot on. Yeah, they cost six thousand dollars with none of the perks, with, none, yeah, of the none of the none of the attachments. That's just the camera body. Yeah, he has one supposedly. What is he doing with it? Is he Seriously. just independently wealthy or something? Because like has to he, be. He's losing money on the Orpheum. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I could yeah. I could see how if you were like a rich guy who went to NYU, you'd like talk yourself into thinking you need to buy a red camera rather than just renting one to shoot. To do um, what with though? Yeah, it's like we've never gotten any indication that he's like doing his own productions or anything. It's um, a very fancy camera. It has a lot of uh setbacks for how you can use it. <sighs> It's de- it's definitely used in the industry, but like, there's no fucking way you're handing it to a teenage girl. I don't care how badly you want to have sex with her. Yeah, mentioning the right Komodo reminds me. I was like reading something recently about how like Netflix has all these like restrictions for like their content. Like they require oh. you to use certain cameras, mm. like you know certain bit rates. Like they they have like a lot of restrictions. It's like why does everything on Netflix kind of look the same and kind of look right. like shit? And it's like that's why because they're very rigid. Which like honestly makes me a little bit concerned about glass onion i mean the trailer looks pretty good but like i am a little concerned that it like the cinematography won't have the same feel because netflix like requires it to like have their look like will they not be able to do like the the grain inhalation that they did so it's it's weird like i hear you but at the same time i'm honestly shocked that like netflix has the brand awareness to be like we need everything to be at the same you know, uh, uh, a bit rate. Well, no, and, and I don't, it's film, not same camera. They're just same, boring same aspect ratio. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. it's like, it's like a tech person was like, here are the requirements for anything you put on my, our network. But it's like, have you heard of art? You know, are you aware yeah. that sometimes people want to like do different looks the, to evoke a certain mood or vibe? Yeah. Well, yeah. The fact that like the DP of glass onion might have to adhere to the same rule. That guy's rules. like a genius too. Like Steve Yedlin, yeah. like yeah. he's like done so much cool stuff with digital photography. Well, and you, like getting you've it to look never like film. 
quite frankly, you've never seen Day for Night look so good. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that that Steve Yellen would have to adhere to the same rigid rules as like the DP of like extraction like two reasons why or yeah or yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um so anyway if you labor under the assumption that wes owns this place and he's also by the way clearly wearing a name tag mm-hmm. in this scene how rich can you be yeah, if i own I, my I, own theater the, i'm not wearing a name tag no you get to walk in in like casual clothes like like yeah. it's like a rich yeah. guy move yeah yeah but yeah, so he's like, oh, I'll let you borrow my hella expensive-ass camera. But you have to be careful. You know, it scratches really easily. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then that's the whole scene. And then we're to the coroner, Imogen's meeting with this guy. His name is Dr. Brundle, which I don't know why that makes me laugh, but it does. <laughs> Maybe I'm thinking of Dr. Grundle. Um, she's like, I uh, wanted to talk to you about my mom and how I've been thinking about her. Um, and he's like, your mom's wounds are self-inflicted. He's like, but like, are you sure? Couldn't someone have attacked her and staged it to look like a suicide? He's like, no evidence. No evidence. And so he's he's basically like, well, I mean, I guess I could do an autopsy. I didn't do one before, but um, we'd have to exhume the body because it's like three, been three months. She's in the ground. Like, here's this permission slip. You have to get signed for it by the sheriff. Thump, thump, I, was, I was so riled up watching this episode that after my uh, 30 seconds of Googling red Komodo cameras, mm-hmm. I almost was like Googling my like local county sheriff to be like, what's the process of like exhuming a body? Do I have to actually go through the sheriff? Anyway, Farron's bedroom. Henry's over at her bedroom. He didn't want to text it, but after school, he and Kelly were practicing like Farron's choreography during the apple scene. Are you seriously telling me that Farron would like choreograph a scene about Adam and Eve? That's fucking bullshit. But Kelly kissed him. And Farron actually says that bitch kissing you was not part of my choreographic vision. Well, and like, I want to know how many flashes, takes. Yeah, how if, many takes, Zaria? It flashes back to this, like as he's telling it, and it's like, why didn't we just see this scene at some point earlier in the episode? You know, right. like why? Why? It's like the writers don't know what they're going to do until they write a scene, and they're like, they're not allowed to go back and edit anything earlier. They're like. We can only move forward. We can never get say, hey, you know what? I need to put another scene in early episode for to like build this up. Also, I believe like it's not allowed that, or something. I believe that earlier in the cafeteria scene, we got like a quick insert mm-hmm. of her sitting in the chair watching yeah. Henry and Kelly doing this, which is so funny to me because that shot of her sitting in the chair, legs crossed, watching them intently, is the HBO Max like thumbnail <laughs> for this episode. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he says it wasn't a make out. He calls it her out on it immediately. And I definitely like, always am calling people out on it when they kiss me during a you know a, a platonic situation. I call them out, you know. Absolutely. I do yeah. it all the time. I do it like four times a day. Uh Farron's gonna say something about it, but she first asked if it was really Kelly who did this because he wasn't like, you know, he hasn't said anything about her new look, which at one point I was like. For half a second, I was like, well, good on you, Farron, because he's a man. You can't trust him. Mm-hmm. You should ask him, like, for some accountability. But then you, like, couch it in this whole, like, well, you haven't, like, complimented me on my new look, yeah, which makes know. her look super petty. But it's also, like, maybe we could have seen where, had a scene where she met up with Henry, like, in dance class, and he didn't react. 
and she's kind of like, ah, oh, you know, like just like, yeah. why are you constantly yeah. telling us about stuff that happened rather than just showing yeah. us? And yeah. it's not like this would like take a ton of runtime to do or anything. Like if you had any fucking talent at all, you'd know to like work this stuff into your script earlier. <laughs> talent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not required for a TV show anymore. Uh, he says he didn't say anything because he didn't want to risk offending her, but that she looks incredible. So they kiss and make up. Which it's just weird that suddenly Farron can be so, and I'm not saying that she's not entitled to it, but it's weird that have this character suddenly in episode nine be so girlish and vulnerable. Yeah, I mean her character, in my opinion, is a complete disaster. I know she's like on the Peel OS subreddit. She's like a lot of people's favorite character. I think she's like a just a black hole. Like, like there's just nothing. Like they just change her personality from week to week based on what they want to do. Like, I feel like she's like not established at all. It's like a real so, person. I never watched more than like the occasional scene that I saw. Cause the internet delivered to me for some reason of glee. But my understanding is there was something called the three glee theory, hmm. which is that the three. Creators, oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I've heard this. At a certain point broke down so much that they weren't like tying each episode. They wrote into like the they each others. Did their own thing. Yeah. 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 And so it was like this episode was written by this guy was not tied into whatever the other two guys are doing. And I feel like there's three Farron's because mm-hmm. there's certainly like the Farron who's just like meant for. There's like the Cordelia Farron. The like the almost like Shit's Creek-esque gifts of mm-hmm. her being sassy. Yeah. And then there's like the Farron who's actually involved in like, quite frankly, Imogen's storyline, <laughs> which is the Farron at the end of this episode. And then there's like some other Farron who's like actually dealing with her real, I don't know. It's like it's almost like the like the multiple Watson theory that Kate Beaton has about Sherlock. Anyway, so Corey suddenly clears her throat. She's there at the door, and Standing she's like, up, "No, nothing, no boots no, on yeah, her." She's leg, walking. Yeah. Say goodnight, Prince Charming. Cinderella has homework, so Henry steals another kiss and then leaves. Uh, why is Corey still there? Her legs healed. Why isn't she back to work in Pittsburgh? What's going on, my boy Zeke? Zeke's not in this episode. We'll hear mentions of him, but yeah, whatever. So that's when I'm like, what is the nature of this relationship between Mm -hmm. Corey and Zeke? Anyway, I mean, I guess, yes, you would under the right circumstances. It's like, we're friendly. We're partners. You're the mother of my child. Of course, I'll let you stay here. You can stay here for a while or something. But you're you're good now. Mm -hmm. What are you doing here? Yeah, anyway. Let's move it on. I want to get my TV back so I can watch ESPN. I need to be falling asleep in front of this fucking yeah. TV. Yeah. Uh, so cut to pinball pizza and we hear Elodie say, I can't believe you parent trapped us. Did you though? Did you? You're just so, all yeah. sitting at a booth at a pizza place. Because the mouse moms are on a date, a double date with Ash and mouse. Mm-hmm. And poor Noah in the uniform brings them pizza <laughs> and says that refills are on the house tonight. And I, Lost it again because this whole show is chaos. There's no rules. Well, first There's no of all, like, rules. Are, is, are we talking like alcoholic refills or are we talking about like the soda machine, which like at most pizza places, you just get up and get your own refill anyway. The traffic lights in this town, red means go, green means stop. I don't yeah. know what the fuck is going on anymore. Uh, we're off with some light conversation. Yeah, I want some pizza then, now, though. Yeah, seriously. And then Elodie says, well, Ash, as a young trans man in Millwood, are you ever scared? just like a fucking wild and just bizarre thing for her to say and like like Elodie is a lesbian like she has no tact at all I, I don't know <laughs> well it's like while you're not in the same community yeah 
your communities are more closely related than like say my community but like there's a comical moment where ash the actor is just slowly and awkwardly taking a bite out of this quite frankly yeah. disgusting looking slice of pizza yeah it's very rigid this one okay how is it that and i think we talked about this and we talked about this at the premiere we talked about this on the podcast how is it that the pizza in the pilot looks so delicious and every slice of pizza since then has looked like fucking I had to trash. think that it was an actual pizza, like made at this establishment and the pilot. And then like okay. later on, they were using props or something. I don't know. I guess the question is, was that like take one pizza as opposed to like take nine pizza? Yeah, yeah maybe. Maybe it's been also for all. the Foley work here gives Ash a little bit of crunch. Like he's crunch. biting into an apple. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> very crispy uh, so anyways and then cut to you later i think this is in mouse's room and she says i'm so so embarrassed and so sorry my moms are insane she's um she's like facetiming with ash she's like all those questions were were intense um, i think her heart was in the right place uh, oh did you the start of the shot did you ever convert your old imac into a fishbowl next to your bed i sure did not that's weird that's right the, yeah that's an og imac there i mean this is uh, Sure. Also, some fake ass FaceTime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so Mouse says it's just all dysfunction all of the time in a way where we're all supposed to be like, I feel you, girl. I feel you. Well, and then just a very unmotivated Ash says, Mouse, did you ever reach out to your dad? Okay. So we reconnected on Thanksgiving uh, and says, Well, if you ever want the three of us to do something, like, you know, go bowling. I'm down. And Mouse is like, um, that could be arranged. Not just like, like, she's like, yeah, let's totally bring you into my weird LARPing fantasy shit. And not just like, oh, that's sweet. But I don't think, you know, like, like, whatever. I don't know why any sane person would do this, but she's not a sane person anyway. So no, she's not. The first four episodes, Mouse was quiet. Mm-hmm. Five and on. She's like, I'm a straight up maniac. Yeah. Run, Ash. Run for the fucking hills. All right. Uh, so- I just realized we're like an hour into this episode. I'm not even halfway through this fucking. This is a long show. one. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. It's a long one. Call your All job. Right. You're, you're going to work late tomorrow. Oh, God. <laughs> you work at home. You're fine. So mm-hmm. outside the pizza place, Noah's throwing tra- out to trash, and the creepiest drug dealer ever shows up to collect Noah's tips. And Noah tells him off and that her mother wants nothing to do with him. And he's got, I want this guy to be like, wait a minute. You're not Marjorie. What do you mean you took over your mom's job for a few days? You're telling me your work? employer was okay with that? <laughs> yeah. Even I've got bills to pay and forms to fill out. Anyway. Also, are you tap- getting tips as like in most pizza establishments, you like kind of order at the counter and they just like bring you the pizza, but like you know, it's probably not well, a also, situation going on there. We were told in maybe the last episode or the episode before, I don't know, that like Marjorie delivers pizzas. Okay, well, she get tips from that, but yeah, she's she's yeah. not delivering here. Anyway, so Tabby's house. Sharon Leal's at the table, worried when Tabby comes in. And especially the last showtime was at seven thirty. So Tabby shows up, says she was working on her short with Wes. He dropped her off, and Sharon Leal's like, "Well, you need to text me next time." Sure, sure. So, has anything really changed with Tabby's perception of Wes, considering how much time she spends with him? I know she told him off the one time, but like. And they just That's went that. back to like being friends, like coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then so he's sure. like, I've tried to fuck you a little bit less. Yeah. 
And so Sharon Leal is just like, hmm, now that I have this new perspective on my daughter, I'm like replaying some things in my mind and I'm flashing back to how like she's always coming home late and saying she had to like work with her boss and that her Wes gave me a ride, you know? And, and so now it's like the wheels are turning, which once again, not really motivated by anything, but whatever. But but it's gross because it's like, okay, so uh, uh, step one, the mom has just realized that Wes is a creep. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, she will confront Wes. She will find out that Wes is innocent, potentially, of the rape. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so now he's absolved? No, he's still a fucking creep. <sighs> no, we got to have her. And we'll get there. Whatever. Yeah. It's Tuesday. Car Tuesday. Yeah. Sheriff's <laughs> office. At the sheriff's office. Yeah. Eric Johnson is just eating up all the scenery as usual. Imogen's like, my mother didn't kill herself. She was murdered. Is that compelling evidence to exhume a body? And he just like leans forward and sighs and smiles. He's like, murdered? How and by whom? And why come to me now, months after the fact? Yes, I, I know you it. think you're a lampshading show, but you're not. Hate to say it. These are reasonable questions. Yeah, I, I hate how they like make these terrible characters seem reasonable just due to their own bad writing. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's not like they're trying to be nuanced. It's just like they're not good writers. And so like the conflict they've created is kind of bullshit. And it makes yeah. people like Wes and the sheriff seem reasonable. So grossly, she's like, remember how badly you want to know what happened to Karen in those rafters? That's how much I need to know what happened in that bathroom the same way. And know that my mother didn't choose to leave me. So it's like he's like looking at a picture of his daughters. He's like, fine, I'll help you. A picture of his daughters on his desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll need the consult of an adult. The baby's next of kin. And so Imogen offers to have Davey's her next dad. Yeah, sorry. Well, mm-hmm. she says, I thought he said baby. No, he says Davy. Okay. Yeah. So Imogen offers to have her dad sign it. And it's like, what the fuck? Well, Whatever like, you're going to reveal father here. father qualify? And it's like, oh, yeah, her dad, who's not been mentioned once in eight episodes. And we're going to bring him up now. Like, it's a big deal. Who on the writing staff was like, this feels like like an insult to the the viewers and was promptly fired for that. So with the dance locking locker room, Kelly's there and Farron shows up and she's like, hi, Kelly, anything you want to tell me? And so Kelly immediately goes into like, sorry, I was in my slut era. That was an accident and a mistake. Kelly's making excuses. Farron notices blood coming down her thigh. Uh, she says, says it's my period which I, yeah. I don't know why but it was hilarious to me that that was her excuse for this one like I think it's on like the outer side of her thigh or something I don't know like, we can no it's inner side but we okay can it's see inside the but cut. you can see the cut yeah it's below the skirt line yeah um like we're not looking at like like pure vag shots but mm-hmm. yeah like Kelly's like oh it's my period and like Farron's just like I can fucking see the cut <laughs> and then she's like what is that in your locker oh it's your weird like cutting kit or whatever you know like, yeah. like your, your yeah. self-harm paraphernalia um uh, yeah she, and Kelly's like no it's my sewing kit and Farron's just like Kelly talk to me like I don't know why she's she, like she's so back and forth on Kelly where like sometimes she really cares about Kelly self-harming and so it's like cut to them, you know, Kelly's crying. It's a little bit later. She's explained. She says, oh, it's my dad. You know, he's, it's all been bad. But he's so much worse. You know, he's, he well, resents while, that Karen's dead and not, and I'm alive. While she's mopping up her thigh blood. Yeah. And then Farron says, I'm sure he doesn't. And she says, oh, he does. He said as much. And then Farron says, he's a lunatic. Okay. It's like such a dramatic shift from like, I'm sure your dad didn't say that. Oh, he's a lunatic. To the point where, like, 
Kelly says that she wishes that like she was that she was Karen's like her dad does. And Farron's like straight up like fuck him, fuck your dad at one point, which 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 fucking blash the shit is. Yeah. But like, so you're telling me this whole sequence by which Kelly makes out with Greg, Kelly makes out with Henry, was all just to get Kelly and Farron here. Yeah, anyway, so Kelly says that she and her sister were like horrible to Farron. Farron agrees, says that maybe they can break the cycle. They hug. And over Kelly's shoulder, Farron has this look on her face that I momentarily read as like, what the fuck have I gotten myself into? Yeah, now? this bitch is crazy, basically. It's the look. I yeah. Think. So a junk ball pizza. Greg and Sean and some jocks show up, like calling out for a table of five. They see that Noah's there and they're surprised. Because she never told him, she she lied and said her mom had the flu, so he doesn't know like why she's there well, or anything. Well, like, so you're disappearing for like six ish hours? Because I mean, I was in high school. I worked at a pizza place. That was at least a six to eight hour shift. Yeah. Whatever. Um, Why aren't so you guys she, at basketball practice? And yeah. Well, they're they're sitting at a table now. We we cut to them sitting at a table away from the jocks who were sitting at the table where the sinners usually sit. And he's not at basketball practice. So they ended early. She's not at track practice because she's covering her mom's shift. She has to like, come she, clean and about the detox and all that. Yeah. Which the 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 flu was the weakest fucking excuse ever. Oh, and he's like, she's detoxing. He says, "Wow, of course she is." And she's like, "You of all people should not judge." It's like, I'm sorry, they're not exactly the same. He's like, "Hey, don't compare me to your junky ass mom." It's not like I'm taking drugs recreationally. Neither did she. Like, she started using it to help with pain. Being okay. on her feet all night. And I know it's it breaks the show in a certain way, but like it's not like the show is not broken. I don't know, logically sound. But like instead of the flu, you could have just said my mom has COVID. Yeah. Yeah, that would have made a lot more sense. Right. So he apologizes and tells her that he already like threw away his steroids. She's also thrilled. why why does she need if her mom has a flu, she wouldn't be working. So like why? Like, why does she need to to come clean about the detox? Not that she shouldn't or anything, but like, right? Her her lie still holds up. Well, it's obviously you don't trust your boyfriend to the yeah. point where you didn't, where you weren't come clean in the first place. But like, what was the whole point of him being like, I I can't, you know, go cold turkey? But like, I've already thrown away my steroids. So are you lying, or were you lying? Were you lying before? Or are you lying now? Yeah, because now he says, "Oh, like I, I threw him away. I'm clean, whatever." And then his bros are like, "Hey, are we gonna order or what?" And instead, they just decide to all leave. Like these guys all came in, sat down well, at the pizza place, and then just got up and left. Well, yeah, he's like, like he's like, you know, we order or we're going or what? And Sean's like, "We're going." And it's like, well, then what the fuck did you come into the pizza place for? Yeah, so they just you, we, they the town kiss. has established there's no other places to eat. Well, there's a curry places and they're like right next door or something. But they never go they there. Never go. Yeah. So anyways, <laughs> it's, it's like the a brief crisis averted in the Sean Noah relationship. He says he's clean. They kiss and that's that. But like, why are you going? Mm-hmm. So your girlfriend won't have to weigh on you as if like a waitress is not a like a viable job yeah. or like Emily. She's going to check on her mom. But like like Emily Fields, does she have somebody to cover for her? Sure. Anyway, Tabby's house. Sharon Leal's come back from a run. She gets a text from Tabby that she's working late. This, Sharon is, a, this is a minor thing, but the yeah. sound effect they're using for her getting a text is a sound effect your phone makes when you get an email. Ooh. But like they're using the right sound effect when she replies back on the text. It's, it's like, what are we doing? Like Foley artists. Yeah. Like, yeah. 
you know what these sounds are. Yeah. So anyways, Tabby's texting saying, hey, working late again. She's like, oh, I'll come pick you up. And she's like, oh, don't worry about it. Wes is giving me a ride. And mom's just like, hmm, mm, 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 fuck this shit. And like goes and gets her things. Storms right into Orpheum like the next scene. It's like, get the fuck away from my daughter. You fucking pet her ass. How old are you anyway? 30. I like how he says, I'm, I'm in my 20s. I went yeah. 29. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I just remember I, I flash back to this, and I think you have the same damage that I do. When Peter Jackson, that the uh, how do I put this? Uh, I've been drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, he and his wife, who were a creative team. Oh, Fran and, Walsh and yeah, and the the woman the they the were points. in the yeah they were in the thruple with yeah like when they did the interview talking about how like we're doing the Lord of the Rings movie but we're improving upon Tolkien. Sure. Yeah. What was the point I was going with this? I don't, I don't know. know. Anyway. I don't know. So anyway, guys, Marco is drunk. (laughs) This is like season one of PLL classic drunk. This whole scene is like Sharon Little comes in. It's like, get the fuck away from my daughter. You groomer. I know what you're doing. High fives, everyone. I'm taking him down. Like we should have taken down Ezra. Like, it's just like, I get it. I get it. It's it's not an unnatural reaction, but it just, it feels like it's pandering. That's my point. Sorry. Yeah. Is that like the, uh, where where they did that interview where they're like, oh, we're improving upon Tolkien of our film trilogy. Mm-hmm. Not that Tolkien necessarily needs to be improved upon because he's very cinematic. But like, yeah, it's like we're improving upon Ezria because it took for season seven until Emma Watson's best friend mm-hmm. like took Ezra to task in one episode. But yeah, you were grooming her, preying upon her. And then the motherfucker, motherfucker actually I says... calling the police, yeah. So he actually says, like... I hit on her, or I I made a pass. I, I one only time. made a pass on her one time, like dude. One time, it's just one time. I, yeah, and and Sharon Leal in any other show would be my favorite character because she says, "If I see you within ten feet of my daughter, I'll cut your fucking dick off." Mm-hmm. And then well, of she course, also calls him a rapist in the scene, and and Tabby the whole time is like, "No, mom, stop, don't. It's not like that." Well, it's like, Tabby, we just had this whole fucking uh, last house on the left slash virgin spring conversation where if nothing else, you realize he was a creep. Mm-hmm. Why are you relying upon this? Why do you trust this man? I, why am I questioning you, Tabby? You're the victim here. And she's like, just going to go show back presenting? to work later on anyway. Like, God, that was yeah. so embarrassing the way my mom called you a rapist. And yeah. that you were grooming me. Hey, how are bad? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, meanwhile, Chip. Chip is just coming down the stairs. He's observed this and, you know, looking creepy. This is this is the episode where they, they don't completely reveal it, but like how could you not think it's Chip by the end of this episode? You know? Well, it's like fucking like what soap opera cue yeah. are you yeah. having this guy act on? Yeah, so outside the movie theater, Tabby's like sitting on the bench of her mom. The theater marquee is still all lit up. There's still no way, no way anyone is seeing this double feature. Yeah. Well, and she's like, Wes didn't do it. He he wasn't the one. It's like, but you don't know, right? Isn't that the whole point? Is that you don't know what happened yeah. to you? So couldn't he have done it? Yeah. And well, so Sharon Leal brings up the point nine times out of ten, it's someone you know. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, we think it was someone at school, probably a jock. Uh, because they're at both parties, you know, a bunch of football players. And yeah. she's like, Well, then let's go tell the principal. Hey, remember the principal. And she's like, Mom, don't worry. We have this like stupid harebrained DNA plan. It's totally going to work. How is the principal not still involved? I mean, why are we name checking him if not to have him involved in some fashion? But yeah, Tabby's like, remember the blood heist we did, everyone? Uh, so Tabby says that Noah's mom is helping them, which this is when I want Cheryl Little to be like, <laughs> the junkie? there's no way that 
Yeah, Jackie can help you. Yeah. So Sharon Lee will talk to Corey and see if she knows anyone at the DA's office, see if they can help. So cut to the bowling alley. God, Ash, run. Mouse and Ash are hanging out with Steve. Fucking Steve is still on the show. Steve is really playing into this nonsense. Do you like, like love pretending. this actor or something? I mean, seriously. Well, it's like him and Madame Geary. Are you best friends of somebody? Uh, Steve is like saying that Ash is, is great and that, that he's hoping to make up for lost time. This is when Steve- I was just like, run, Ash, run for the fucking hills. Like, how I don't know how he's acting so chill during this whole scene. No, I Ash guess he doesn't know like, what we know, but yeah. Ash is like, I'm just fucking James Dean in mm. every moment of the show. So you'll see he gets a phone call that like he has to like mysteriously take. It's because of the he's, sheriff's He's suddenly office. very upset. Oh, wait, no, that's, that's the next scene. But yeah, he just gets up to take the phone call now. Yeah. Sheriff's office at night. Farron is there confronting the sheriff. Uh, it's, giving it's him shit. Time. It's like dim, and there's just like a desk light on, and everything's hazy. And well, he's why just is like, Farron here now. Yeah. Well, he's like, I work late, and then I go get blowjobs and alleys. What What do you need to know about me? I'm I'm just living this. And shit she's up. like, I am here to confront you about your daughter, and I'm gonna give a big old speech about how you suck and you're abusive, and you better Verbally stop that, or yeah. I'll like blackmail you because I know you're like diddling the boys. Um yeah. and and now I'm gonna walk away with explosions behind me. And it's like okay, sure, whatever. Well, I guess. And, and again, not unnecessary. Like especially in these these moments in time. Mm-hmm. But Farron is just like, I'm gonna do something that no one has ever done before. I am gonna hold you accountable. And it's just, like, can the show you, not feel like I'm reading a Twitter thread? Can it just try for once to act well, it's like, like these are real human people talking to each other? But it's like, I was like, you are cheapening yeah. real issues that people <laughs> deal with. Um, so he points out that like Noah's going to go back to juvie, and she's like, well, Noah didn't tell me anything that, but now I can't wait so to ask. How her does about she that. know then? She, well, but but she knows from Noah. She knows from Noah about the whole. But thing I can't with the believe boys. he's just like, oh shit, like trump carded like yeah. i'm i'm you, you've best you've bested me mm-hmm. um yeah they're really setting fair enough like she's a fucking dragon slayer mm-hmm. um so she says that, that if he so much as raises his voice to kelly while she's getting her help what Farron is getting her help she'll blow the whistle and she suggests that he steps down as community Shouldn't service leader she blow the whistle anyways this guy Seriously. is abusing young yeah. boys yeah but i just need you to like be cool to my like quasi friend from ballet class and if you're not then i'll blow the whistle on you well that that is serving me by working out my choreography mm-hmm. it's like why are you choosing one victim over another victim <laughs> But she's just like, you really shouldn't be around young people, Sheriff. Why was the sheriff fucking owned his ass? Why was the sheriff doing this job in the first place? Yeah. Uh, So Farron rushes out of his office, goes down the hallway around a corner. The walls are that horrible 70s and 80s fake wood Wood paneling. And then because she's, I guess, a normal person, Dragon Slayer and all, she's like taking a breath and sailing after her big moment. This whole scene has a real like, and then everyone clapped vibe to it. It's just, I don't know, man. It's like you're embarrassing me as a liberal. <laughs> like, like, yeah, it's just so pandering. It's like, uh, can you can you not at least try to make these act like human beings having real conversations? Like it would it would feel a lot better and more like inspiring if it wasn't so busy like clapping itself on the back. For yeah. how how great it was being, you know, it's like very self satisfied. It's a little bit of the uh, moment in Veep when Amy Bruckheimer is just like, "We're never going to have a, a female president again." 
because I tried it one time and you fucking sucked. Like the show is just like it's really harming the uh what was the liberal meme like the the meme of like this is the future liberals want. Right, right, yeah. Um so the bowling alley, Ash and Mouse are putting on their like bowling shoes and just giggling. Remember back when they were cute, they were the cute couple? Yeah, and then Steve comes back, he's grabbing his coat, and she's like, Dad, and he's like, Don't call me that. And she's like, What's wrong? What's what happened? He's like, I have to leave right fucking now. And he's like takes off and it's like well okay i mean we all knew exactly what this was right yeah yeah, yeah. so movie theater lobby tabby's back inside cleaning one of the movie poster cases when chip is there and asks what that all was and she's like oh just an epic misunderstanding my mom thought that wes had been inappropriate with me it's like girl he was yeah he was and he says has he been because to be honest i've wondered and she turns around like wondered what chip like this is a a weird thing for chip to say (laughs) this scene is so gross yeah no this this was the moment in this scene uh when he he says something in a little bit where this is where i stopped the episode and did something uh, else for a while just because i couldn't take it anymore he says has wes ever tried anything with you and she's like well once but nothing happened (laughs) Well, it's only yeah. one time. Only one time this adult man tried to take advantage of me, a teenager. So she asks if he's jealous. He says no. She asks if he's into Imogen. Aren't you an Imogen? Yes. And with his most incelliest of faces, uh, he says, well, only because you wouldn't give me a shot. So this, she gives that, was him what, sh- that was the moment where I was just like, yeah. pause. I'm out of here for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so she gives him shit about how, you know, Imogen's really into you and I don't want her to get hurt. So she yeah, throws out to hit her and he's like, no, I am. I am. Fair fucking point. Mm-hmm. And so she throws out that Wes is a creepy and he said things about how he wants to fuck Tabby and she doesn't trust him. It's like, Tabby, go, go join Ash on this bus leaving town. <laughs> Seriously. Uh... Like for your own safety, Tabby, I love you. Get out of here. Mm-hmm. So we see a sign for the Millwood quarry. There's some, I, I have so many fucking questions about this. There's an old cabin or something there, which looks perfectly fine. Honestly, Imogen, this whole place looked kind of cozy to me. Yeah, seriously. Imogen walks over, knocks on the door. After a moment, some dude answered. She's just like, hi, dad. And he's just like some dude. It's just like, okay, so your your dad just lives in town the whole time. He just lives out by the quarry. And I'm sorry. It's not like he's a junkie or no. like... Like he's just seems like some dude who's been there the whole time who apparently like his mom like left instructions for her to be raised by Sharon Leal if she ever died in her will. And so the dad's like, well, I don't want to get in the way of that. So whatever. So after after all this, this dude should have an eye patch and a hook yeah. hand to be like, Arg, tis well, me daughter. It's treated like this big reveal, and instead it's just kind of like, whatever, okay. Like, yeah, we yeah. were never told to care about this person before, and now you're acting like this is a significant reveal. Well, because she's like, at one point she asked him, as we're, we're jumping around a bit, she's like, why did you never want me? And he's just like, well, this was no life for you living by a quarry. I'm like, it's like, fine what, the, me. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. Why do you live by a quarry? <laughs> What's the fucking quarry have to do with it? Are you not allowed to move? Yeah. But yeah, anyway, seriously, she's telling her dad, like, I don't think she killed herself, but I need you to like, you know, fill out this permission slip that the sheriff gave me to sign. So here it is. Uh, there you go. And he's like, uh, you know, Imogen, when your mom and I were first together, she struggled on and off with depression. And this is where I start to wonder about the timing here, because like there was like, what, four years in between the yeah. New Year's thing and Imogen being like born. So like right. 
when was this all happening? <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Who, who the fuck is this guy? Like, how did they meet? We don't know anything about this stuff. Yeah. So he's like, it was oh, episode nine. Your mom saw therapists and took medications. You know, sometimes it'd be like she hadn't gotten on the other side of it. And then it'd be bad again around the holidays. So one, cool. one New Year's Eve, she took a bunch of pills and alcohol. Maybe it was an accident. Maybe it was a suicide attempt. Uh, Dad, did she ever open up to you about why she was struggling? He's like, I think maybe something happened in high school. She didn't like to talk about it. Yeah. Well, she's just like, that's not the mom I knew. She loved life and radio of life, which not presented in the flashbacks. Exactly. Not really. But also, no. as, as as mature audience, we would like not fully believe this girl because we would know with love that she has a skewed perspective of her own mother. Sure. But anyway, he's like, well, she changed and eventually completely emerged from her depression because, you know, she got pregnant. And that she said that no other girl would ever be loved or is more cherished than Imogen. So that's when she's like, why don't, why don't you want that from me? Like, why don't you want me, man? He's like, if I don't stay here by the curse, by the quarry every night, the curse of of Millwood comes into effect. The demon dogs will get out. You know, (laughs) I'm not here to shoot them. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, like the whole thing about, Oh, your mom drew it up in the will that she wanted you to stay with Sydney Hawthorne. Um, so, you know, are you, are you being taken well care of? Yeah, you're fine. Okay, cool. I'll, I'll sign whatever you need, not just because I should, because, uh, you're right. Like your mom would never choose to leave you. Thanks dad. If you can think Which, of anything else, call me. Okay. Again, I was just like, is this another just imagined interaction with Imogen? And she's just like staring off into space, like drooling and being like, Oh, thanks dad. Mm. Um, to Tabby's room. She's sitting at her desk. She's wearing that melanin shirt that's like that's down like the in the Friends, Friends logo. Yeah. Yeah. Now she's looking at her hand, hearing her mom's words in her head. It's like nine times out of 10, it's someone you know. She remembers Wes's hand on hers in the car and flips out. And she has this whole like BBC Sherlock thing where she's putting the clues together, reminding herself that Wes wasn't at the parties. We see her moving the sit again and like she flops down into like the flashback of the party, like, like this like transition. And I think this is the one from months ago at Kelly's and Karen's house where like Imogen got pregnant yeah, yeah. or mm-hmm. afterwards after Imogen got pregnant. Chip is like there. He's like sloppy drunk. He sits with her trying to get her to drink some of his drink, which is like, I will say is creepy if you cut to the Halloween party yeah. and suddenly he's learned to be like, oh no, I wouldn't offer you an open drink. That's creepy. But she goes to get him some water. But before she can get up, he flings himself forward and tries to kiss her or kisses her. She has to tell him that she doesn't think of him that way. We're friends. Friend. Chef. Yeah. Friend, friend zone. Yeah. He mumbles that, she, that he should have figured that out by now. He starts to leave. She offers to come with him. He's like, no, I'd rather be alone right now. And he staggers off. Uh, back in her room in the present day, she's pondering that. And Tabby remembers that Imogen's assault happened at the same party. And she's just like, oh shit. So this card Wednesday. So this, um, we, we got an email a while back about this plot line. Um, uh, person who listens to the show and unfortunately has been through a similar situation. And one of the things she really took issues with was that it's, it's as though Imogen just needed, or not Imogen, uh, Tabby just needed to like think a little harder to like, put it together it's like and it's like 
that's not something a lot of people are able to do. Like that, you know, if they have gaps in their memory, they have, you know, it's like, they don't know what happened, but it's like, Oh, well just, just think harder about it. You'll figure it out. You know, it's just, it's a mystery you can solve if you just like really focus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the interesting thing about the much better show is I must destroy you, which deals with a lot of the same issues on this topic. And it talks about how like the problem with this kind of trauma is that you're now almost a victim of your own mind mm-hmm. and in the places where you, the victim are trying to use your memory, but like your imagination is also conjuring things. And you're not which sure is, what you can trust and believe. Yeah. Know. I mean, it's just, it, honestly, just like stop watching this show and go watch that show. Yeah. If you want to so see the much better. done better, just go yeah. watch that, which um, I, I, one wonders if maybe the writers of the show either watch that show or maybe just heard about it and yeah, saw, heard about saw, it. saw some people tweeting about it and were like oh we'll do that for our show too well honestly quite frankly that show was airing on hbo at the mm-hmm. time they were making the show yeah so like i don't know if they even could have watched it anyway so noah's at school she gets a call from her mom uh school bathroom noah's assembled the crew she says that her mom got a match in the lab we get a big boom on the soundtrack which is so so annoying and so hackish and it was a football player. Nope. It was, it came from the blood on one of the cotton balls. So now we know that it was not a jock and some other boy at school. And Imogen immediately has a list of all the boys at school who donated blood, which again, I, I hate to do this as if we don't know, as if we haven't talking about it, but of the actual characters presented to us visually, we only ever saw Chip and Henry, but you're well, not and doing we, a thing. We've been told that Sean would be first in line. I don't think we actually saw him though. But I mean, but like, like why would you present Sean as your red herring in this episode and not Henry? I, just, I mean, like, I, I hate it all. So I don't even want to give notes on it. I hate that they're making it. Yeah. It's like goofy Scooby Doo mystery. Like, yeah. But it's like, work with the fucking clues you presented. Yeah. So there's 66 names. Uh, so one of those 66 did this to Imogen and maybe also the tabby, which I'm shocked at this point that they're still pretending. Oh, like, Maybe, Maybe we're just and, yeah. we're loosely guessing that it's happened to both of us by the same person. So let's take the list of the DA who will help with the next steps. Farron is adamant that they have to retest the 66 boys. Well, she's like, well, by the way, 65, because it couldn't be my Henry mm. or Ash says Mouse or Sean says Noah or Chip says Imogen. And Tabby's like, well, yeah, Tabby has this like, this is gross. Yeah. This is super gross. Mm-hmm. On a stairwell between classes, Tabby's talking to Greg. She's asking about the bonfire party over the summer. She asks if she can remember if Chip was there. Uh, I, says, I mean, this is the central argument of serial that human memory can't account for our own whereabouts in the past like this. Again, folks, without using your phone, where were you three Thursdays ago? <laughs> yeah, he says, I do remember some nitwits crashing, so maybe he was there. <laughs> hmm. Um, so she's, he's like, why don't you just ask him? And she's like, oh, never mind. So she takes her papers back. Yeah. So mouse is in the bathroom when her phone rings. She's like, that's the phone on the counter, fucking counter. Nope. Nope. It's Steve. She's asking what he wants. Also giving him shit. And he's just like, oh, Rachel's been found. So she, uh, I don't know. I mean, whatever. She's a teenager. She's like, naively. Oh my God. Where, where is she? Is she home now? Dude, like. Come on, we all know where this is going. Yeah, no, they yeah, found yeah. her body. I'm sad now. The way he says in a landfill was kind of funny. It, it is definitely funny. And like I I, you know, everyone agrees in their own way, but like it's been years, right? Right. I, it's like I feel like a lot of times when you read about stuff like this, it ends up being a relief to the person 
to at least have closure on it. Maybe he's just yeah. not there yet or something. I don't know. Whatever this fucking storyline. Yeah. So he asked if he can see her because he needs someone to talk to, and she's like, "Oh, of course, of course, of course. This isn't the creepiest fucking thing imaginable." Yeah. Yeah. So in library class, it's just Imogen, the librarian. Her phone starts ringing. The librarian straight up growls at her. Growls at her. Arr! And I it's once again wonder calling. why the librarian is even on the show. Why have they cast an actress to play her? Wh- whose friend are you? Yeah. Uh, he's pissed. The sheriff, Sheriff Slenderman, said that her mom's grave has been dug up and her body's missing. And Imogen just passes out on the floor. Well, the, the sheriff is just like, couldn't even wait, could you? What kind of game are you playing? I told you I'd take it to the judge. Like, does he think that this pregnant girl went and dug up her mom's body? Like, is that what like that's where his mind went like yeah hey this yeah. this grave has been dug up and this is the same grave that, that girl wanted to exhume the body of she must be behind it even though we got all the paperwork in order and we we're gonna do it anyway <laughs> it's like they saw i don't know 10 minutes of wilden and they're like yeah. Yeah, we got it we got it we know who this character is um so at the red ranch motel during the day steven mouse are inside a room this is what I wrote down. Doesn't her one mom still live in this hotel? Yeah, yeah. But Stephen Mouser inside her room. She's sitting on the couch as he's pacing his emotional. He's upset because he should have been looking for his daughter, but instead he was playing with Mouse. Well, it's like, doesn't Mouse have certain weird criteria for the men that she's like, I don't know, like emotionally hooking for as their daughter? Yeah, I don't know. Their dead, their dead daughter. He doesn't but want to like, answer her texts. He just needs her. I think he wants her to put on some clothes so that she can help him by like LARPing even more and being creepy. Well, it's like, I mean, it's like there's this moment where on her face is played as like, oh no, I've gotten myself in the night porter, that weird like sadomasochistic like Nazi movie. I'm just like, I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, Mouse, like he killed his daughter and he's going to kill you now. Like, what else are you expecting? Like, what, what could be the other answer for what you're doing here, you creep? I hate to say it, but that's the more comforting storyline. Yeah. Uh, so Farron's house, she gets home to hear from Corey that Zeke has been arrested. Apparently his taillight is out, which makes no sense since he just had it replaced. They're saying that he resisted arrest. The mouse knows, or the mom knows that it must be some like racist Millwood cop abusing his power. And she's taking an Uber to go to the police station to get her father out. I, I hate this. Yeah. I like... First of all, once again, we're, we don't see it happen. We're just told this happened off screen. Right. It, it's, I don't know how to put this into words. Um, it It's like everything has to revolve around race for the Farron character. Yeah. And for, you know what I mean? Like well, way more so than Tabby. And like, it, it, the just, pilot seemed to imply that it was Tabby's lot in life. Which too. is not to say like, Obviously, if you've been paying attention at all in the world, like, you know, that this, you know, Dragon Ball Black is a real thing. This is yeah. like a, a real issue and like definitely want to take it seriously and like be outraged at stuff like this. But it feels so tossed off. It, it, yeah. And it, like, I think we're we're supposed to understand later that like the sheriff did this to like fuck with Farron or something like that. Right. But there's like there's no connective tissue. And so it just like, let's just have something shitty happen to Zeke because he's black and like there you go that's our plot line like i don't know it just it, this really bothered me well especially since the show has presented exactly two pure characters which are ash and zeke mm-hmm. um yes. but but also it's like we're going after every 
modern Twitter issue that we can. But the only thing it just missing... doesn't feel like they're treating it with any sort of seriousness at all, though. It's so like half ass and pandering. Well, the only thing missing is for like the principal to put on a MAGA hat and fair yeah. to tell him why that's wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the pawn shop, the two mouse moms are together, which again opens up the can of worms of like, how the fuck have you two been working together? Yeah, really. Low these three weeks where you've been separated. But so Ash suddenly shows up and tells them that like Mouse got out of school early. She hasn't answered any of Ash's calls or texts. This is after like a crazy night at the bowling alley with Mouse's dad. And Elodie's like furious to hear that Mouse was in touch with her father. And Ash is like, well, yeah, I've met Steve a few times now. And <laughs> That's Ellie's not like, Mouse's father's name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ellie's like going to track Mouse's location and Shirley and Ash gather around the watch. Oh, there's a whole thing like, what are you doing? Oh, I can track her location. Yes, I'm sorry. I can track her daughter. So like, I don't know. I feel like that's a pretty modern thing. But isn't that like a a fucking feature on your Apple phones? Yeah. 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 Uh, So they're all gasping at what they see. Gasping. Uh, So Noah comes home. Finds that her mom with the, the drug dealer and like grabs a bat and like threatens to. What if she like it. walked in and her mom was just like fucking deep throating this guy or something? It's like totally yeah. traumatizing. Hell yeah! Um, like I'll be done in a moment. Yeah, um, this is part of my detox. Yeah, uh, we're horrible. <laughs> this show has broken us. All right, and it's broken you too. Admit it. So yeah, she's like, um, "What is he doing here?" And she grabs the baseball bat. Get the fuck out of my house. Marjorie's like, stop, listen to me, baby, listen to me. I called him. I needed the help. Help from him? You don't need that kind of help, mom. And that's just the end of the scene. Okay. I took no notes in that scene. Yeah. Because I was like, do you even see him even like rush out of the apartment? I don't think so. He's just kind of at the door. Yeah. Yeah. Bat comes out and it's like he disappears. So Ash pounds on the motel room door at the, the red roof in or whatever. The moms are in tow. They're confused at why a mouse is there. So it's Ellie's like room is down the hall. Why is she dressed that way? They see Steve sitting on the bed crying as he goes to like a photo album or whatever. <laughs> and like, like she says, as, as like, oh, Steve got some bad news about his daughter today. And Ellie's like, I know this fucking guy. He's in my goddamn book club. And she's Ash, like, oh, Ash, we're... run, run yeah, far so away from this shit. Just jump out of the I, window. I'm, I'm 100% certain it won't happen. But if in the next episode he dumped her, I would be like, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, I would cheer. Honestly, folks, I'm telling you right now, if Ash dumps her in the next episode, we won't finish the episode. <laughs> that will be the end of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> she's like, oh, Steve got some bad news about his daughter today. And we were playing pretend, you know, for both of us. But now the game is over. She hugs her moms. And Ash is just like, huh. Huh. <laughs> Like, like, I'm sorry. You need to play more of a moment on Ash's face there. <laughs> well, but it's like, like huh. it's seemingly she she hugs her mom's, and I oh, I'm so sorry. And then like, is that it? Is the plot line over now? Right, I guess right. we'll see in the next episode. Well, I feel like they're really pretending like this is the thing that'll bring the two moms back together. Yeah, which I'm like, all right. Fuck you. That's bullshit. Yeah. So Callie's house. Farron comes rushing over. Wanting to talk to like Kelly and her mom and like like tell her some shit about her dad. So there's all this like there's this missing connectivity. We're I think we're supposed to say that like oh Zeke got arrested because the dad is like fucking with him to get to Farron. And so now Farron is like intuited that that's what's going on. So now she needs to come over to like spill the beans, you know, like basically like pull her trump card on the sheriff and be like, oh, he's like a diddler. 
you know, like, mm. I don't know. It's, we don't see any of this stuff happening. It's all off screen and it just. <sighs> well, so, so, so because I'm at the table after fairness, seemingly talked about it and Kelly is shocked about the boys from community service. There's this like utterly, I'm so sorry, Madison Bechtel, because I love you. There's this comical delivery of, I had no idea. It's like, well, of course you fucking didn't. (laughs) If you had. (laughs) Yeah, but the mom had an idea, apparently. Yeah, apparently. So Farron says he's gone off the deep end. He's gone after her dad. It's going to get worse. We look at Kelly here, but never at the mom in this particular iteration scene, Mm -hmm. which is a shame because you know the mom would say something truly unhinged. So at night, Imogen's just strolling through the cemetery at night with flowers, totally normal. Uh, she looks like she's wearing like a, I don't know, like a midsummer wedding dress. Um, uh, that's just how she dresses. Yeah. Yeah. We get to an exhumed grave and an open coffin. There's like a red A. It's been painted on the Suddenly there's a, a red light. Yeah. And her face like smacks her for shovel. It's a nightmare. And then she, she wakes up. She wakes up, and it's her dad's just like, "Hey, honey, I just remembered something that'll be some sort of clue so you can finish this terrible episode." Um, so anyway, like uh, this one time, your mom mentioned her high school sweetheart once or twice. Uh, maybe he can help. What was his name? I don't know. Tom, Tommy, something. She's like Sheriff Tom Beasley. I'm not sure. I'm maybe. Sorry. Anyway, that's all you'll ever see of me. Goodbye. I'm sorry. If you were this dude in this quarry and this was like your girlfriend and she had this you know traumatic. His last name. Yeah. But it's like, not only do you know his last name, you were repeating that name to yourself every night before bed, like Aria fucking Stark. Yeah. Right. So she, we, we, we cut to a quick shot of Imogen, then like, like rushing down their dark and gloomy high school hallway back to El Kelly's house, which again, time wise, same Farron's time. Been at, well, but Farron's been at Kelly's house for a while. Mm-hmm. Now Imogen's woken up from a nightmare and she's at school. Yeah. How long is Farron at Kelly's house? But so Farron, Kelly, and her mom, Kelly's just like asking her mom if she knew. She knew. And she's, he's always had his demons, including when he forced himself on that poor girl just to feel something. And I definitely married this guy, even though he's a racist or a rapist and a racist and in the closet. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. What? Yeah. Um, well, but it's like, so we, were, were we supposed to feel bad for her when her daughter died and all her like, my yeah. daughter's dead. But like now it's like, you're just a fucking Trump supporter. But she's like, I, I knew the whole time that your father is a rapist and that he was a closeted gay man, um, which, wow, what incredible representation there and, for the LGBT and, community. And a straight up predator yeah. in every way. Yeah. So. Back in the library, Imogen finds a yearbook, realizes that Tom Beasley was dating her mom. Wasn't she looking at the same yearbook How did you not see this before, Imogen? Yeah. So at Callie's house, Farron's house, like, what poor girl? And the mom's like, her name was Angela? And Farron's like, oh, shit. So Tom was the original rapist. He raped Angela. But it's like... Yay. Uh, sure that's your that's your moment to end this episode on but it's like Farron hasn't cared about the storyline ever yeah but it's it's just they needed something like this whole episode is like uh oh we we wrapped up the plot two episodes early so we have to like find a way to kickstart it again to like come up with something new to like drive the plot forward yeah so I mean the sheriff is the rapist but he wouldn't be a right because a is going no. after no rapist or whatever yeah so who, so. i don't i don't i'm so tired i don't care but who was our a who was our who was our uh, copyright uh caleb 
front of the pod. Who is our Pleatherface like theories? I mean, it's. I mean, I can tell you what I tweeted. What did you tweet? Uh, night for the finale aired. I tweeted, uh, Principal Clanton and Wes are working together. Wes will seems like he dies, but he's not. He doesn't. It's like a scream thing or something. Um, and that Chip was a rapist. So those are my theories before. The okay, I I don't. I, it's funny because I don't know how it could be anyone other than Wes and or the principal. Mm-hmm. Like I, I said, I or the I librarian. That, I guess it could be a dark horse candidate or something. But, or Madame Geary, but like yeah. Like I said, like I've said for at least an episode or two, I've assumed that Principal Clanton was the original, like, sexual assaulter of Angela Waters. Okay. Well, I, that's a no on that. Well, no, no, but like, well, maybe I guess suppose. I, but what's the point of including this character as the way they have, if not to? I, I mean, like, I, I feel like the fact that he's mentioned in this episode means that he's supposed to be alive in our memories in some fashion going to the finale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I hate this show. I fucking hate this show. What's what do we want? To, well, I guess we can talk about off air. What do we want to do for a contest? I don't know, man. Well, let's talk about off the air. But yeah, we should we should do a podcast. And what was the movie we we're gonna watch? Oh, Do Revenge. Maybe you can come on the podcast and watch Do Revenge. Maybe that can be the prize. Yeah. Hope that's juicy. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully that's good and not also terrible. <laughs> but I suppose it could be fun if it's terrible too. Um, but yeah, um, I, I guess. Uh, Send us a picture of the book or, or leave a review and, and, you know, let us know in some fashion or other that you did. Uh, broswatchpl2 at gmail.com. You can reach us there. You can uh, tweet at us at broswatchpl2 or Instagram is broswatchpl2. So there's lots of ways for you to get in touch with us. I think you can yeah. leave, just leave a comment on the post on broswatchpl2.com for this particular episode. Do you um, want to do the same thing where they can do all three? Multiple, tra- multiple chances? Um, sure. Yeah, that's fine with me. We love that engagement. I mean, yeah, like, um, but I get, think, get like one, one, one point for buying the book, two points for reviewing or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Something like that. Guys, yeah. we're tired. Mm-hmm. The show's yeah, broken us. This show is bad. I I got so frustrated with it and the way everything, I don't even know if we talked about enough about the way all these like new information is just kind of thrown together at the end. It's like, it, it really feels like it's rushing because it, it's like it forgot to lay all the, the track work that it needed to earlier and so they're like throwing all this new information at you to be like oh by the way your mom had something with some guy from high school you know and like oh at the same time we're gonna find out he was the rapist like somebody's just gonna tell these characters this it's not even like an investigation or anything you know these writers are really bad mystery writers i'm gonna say that i'm just saying right now mia copa 12 or 13 weeks ago when we got that email saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, do you guys yeah, want to come to this your premiere?" Fault. I would have, I would have been like, "No, thank you." If I knew what I knew now, you were like, "We should do it." We never do these kind of things. Like we've passed well, up we, on other opportunities. Like, yeah, we we had passed up a couple on on like real PLL or or like real PLL like tangential things, mm-hmm. and I was like, "We always had some reason where we couldn't do it." It's kind of comical that it's this fucking show. Fuck yeah, we should do it. No, if I knew what I knew now. It would have been so weird, but I would have been like, nah. I just can't believe the show got renewed. It's 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 honestly like I just I not even about me at all. I don't want to make it seem like a jealousy thing. Like I, I know some people who are kind of like working around in the fringes of the industry and like working really hard and like trying to break in, you know, like doing all the things you're supposed to be doing, taking the shit jobs and trying to pay your dues. And it's like 
sorry, man. I, like, I hate to break it to you, but if, was your dad like the, uh, or was your dad the, was it the, the ambassador, the U S ambassador to Nicaragua or something like that? Like uh, Riverdale dude. Uh, did he have a bunch of money and, and live in DC and get you sent to Georgetown and Yale and all that? Uh, and have all these connections for you and get you the cushy jobs. Cause if that's not the case, it's probably not going to happen for you unless you get really fucking lucky. Um, yeah. you know, unfortunately you, just, you need to be independently wealthy or know all the right people or have parents with connections. Um, they get to write Which shit is... like this and you're, you're at home working on like the 10th script in two years and like trying really hard and like observing all the rules of writing and trying to, you know, like make it as good as possible. And no one's going to read that script because this asshole is taking up the oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. We've known people who you might've heard it through this podcast, but like, yeah, have written much better scripts for pilots yeah. than this show. There's a reason why this isn't like, I don't even know. Bros watch trouble Two, Yeah. Hosted by two other assholes or whatever. But was that actually his story? Was his dad the ambassador yeah, his, of Nicaragua? His dad is like the like World Bank director for Nicaragua or something like that. And then later became the ambassador, mm-hmm. uh, like Nicaraguan ambassador or something like that. Um, yeah. A- amazing that he, you know, was able to Which get is, a leg up on life with such, you know, powerful connections. I mean, nepotism and connections is, is affecting a lot of industries. I, I read something about airline pirates too, mm-hmm. but, but like, yeah, this is... Uh, this bubble, man, it can't burst soon enough as far as I'm concerned. Well, in conclusion, fuck this show. We'll be back next week to talk about the last episode, S1E10, God. Final Girls. I'm sure they really earned that title. Um, my name is Trouble.com. Yay, our book's coming out. Happy thoughts, good vibes only. Yeah, yeah. Hope everyone likes it. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye.